Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today as we once again feel the pain and soreness of yet another Minnesota Vikings defeat in the postseason. Final score today, San Francisco, 27-10. to 10. And once again, no matter how high our hopes got last week, was it a walk-off win two years ago? Kind of a, or yeah, a walk-off win last week as well in the overtime period. Once again, as close as we felt, it's just, it just seems so, so far away. The dream, the dream dies again, and... Viking fans are left with, when When will the nightmare end? When will this Minnesota Vikings team finally reach the pinnacle of Super Bowl immortality? It just seems so far away, no matter how, no matter what it is. I mean, no matter how close we may think we're getting, we're not close at all. Like, here we are, we're on the cusp of a magical run, and it's like, no, there is no magic at all. We just get another painful reminder that it's, that we're nowhere near winning a Silver Bowl championship. We beat the Saints, we think it's an emotional ride, and we get destroyed by Philadelphia. A 15-1 team can't even, you know, cannot survive a comeback by the Atlanta Falcons. Multiple opportunities in that overtime period by that Minnesota Vikings team as well, by the way. A mere 39-yard kick by Gary Anderson would have iced it anyway. A 10-point lead with two minutes remaining. The game's over. It'll go on and on and on. Minnesota Viking fans continue to go through the same thing. So any of you Johnny-come-lately Green Bay Packer fans that might just have joined the Packer fandom, maybe you're not even from Minnesota, you're not from the United States or whatever, if you're going to say anything, just shut the hell up. Seriously, just shut the hell up. You don't know anything. You haven't been through what we've been through. And you're just joining a team because, uh, whatever, just for the hell of it, just to be cool, I guess. Good for you if, uh, well, if you're a natural Packer fan who's been around forever, because a lot of them, honestly, would probably be rooting for this team. (laughs) A a lot of the more respectful Packer fans out there would probably be rooting for this team, say, if the Packers were out. I've met many Packer fans that have felt that way. So, some of the younger group that don't know anything, they haven't seen anything, They'll just talk trash and make fun of you. So, whoever you are out there, just shut the hell up. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's uh, it, it, you just you're just left with that hopeless feeling of when, when, when. Uh, you don't want to give up because you always want to believe that that day will come. But well, the curse of 1969 now reaches 50 years ago. It's, it's a full 50 years now. 50 freaking years since the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and playoff heartbreak began. Postseason heartbreak began. Super Bowl number four. Number four. That's how long it's been. So here we are again. Um, and my frustration also goes with any like young 49ers fans. You're like, oh, where are all the Viking fans talking this and that? Well, it seems like you're the guys generally talking all this stuff. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. It's the same group of people that are freaking Golden State Warriors fans. 
if you can stand them, I don't know. I cannot stand the Golden State Warriors because of their fan base and, quite frankly, the personality of most of the players on that team. At the end of the day, though, the frustration also comes back now. Let's focus on the real team itself that did not show up today. The preparation was not there. The team was not prepared to play against the San Francisco 49ers team. The San Francisco 49ers did everything, everything they needed to to defeat the Minnesota Vikings. It was literally a reciprocal of last week. A a reciprocal. They forced Cousins to just stay in the pocket. They forced Cousins to try to maybe flush out of the pocket and do something, but guess what? Cousins is not the kind of guy that has the mobility to do that. The running game, completely kaput. The bootleg, gone. Play action? (laughs) What play action? Did you see play action? I, I guess. I don't know. I didn't see anything happen. (laughs) <laughs> there was a point in the game, Jimmy Garoppolo was 4-for-4 four four in play action, including a touchdown pass. Jimmy Garoppolo prone to uh, turnovers in multiple occasions during the course of the season. Not quite a turnover machine, but definitely a guy that has been known to throw a number of interceptions. He's fumbled several times this season, and <laughs> well, we got him to throw an interception, we got a fumble. One of them ended up, uh, the running back was down. The other one later on, it was there. But the Vikings did not capitalize on either turnover from the San Francisco 49ers. Just a mere field goal in uh, on one of them. On one of them. Lots of uh, coaches from the old days will tell you. You can kind of tell how the game's going to go on the opening drive. You get a vibe. And it was an immediate three and out, wasn't it? A three and out. The Minnesota Vikings... Had seven three and outs uh, by the fourth quarter in the game. Seven. You couldn't even get one first down seven times. It's That's not counting like maybe you get a couple first downs or one first down and you end up punting. Seven times the Vikings had three and outs. Oh, you know, and then we started making a little move here and there and we still end up punting or through the interception or whatever the heck it was. <sighs> we got our first first down in the second half with four minutes remaining in the game. We got our first first down in the second half. <laughs> with four minutes remaining in the game. That's how bad that third quarter was. Oh, the score was, you know, 10 to nothing. San Francisco, sure. But that 10 nothing has nothing to do with just how awful that quarter truly was. And also the fact that, uh, well, in a lot of ways, you can look at the San Francisco 49ers team and think about Kyle Shanahan and his father, Mike Shanahan, who coached Super Bowl championships with the Denver Broncos. This San Francisco 49ers team reminds me a lot of uh, the Denver Broncos in the late 90s. Just, you know, kind of modernized a little bit. A little extra little extra wrinkles thrown in. You know, a little modernized. You know, this and that. You know, it was a running... The, the difference, obviously, the main difference is Terrell Davis was was the one major running back who was phenomenal. And it was six, seven yards of carry here and there. Six yards, seven yards, eight yards, nine yards, six yards, seven yards, eight yards, nine yards. You're never going to win a game if you can't stop a run. You're going to have that big of a gaping hole. I mean... Imagine playing Tecmo Bowl and you're getting six, seven yards each play. You'll never lose. You'll win. You'll win fifty-five to zero playing like that. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to pass the ball because you're getting a first down every two freaking times your running back touches the ball. Every two freaking plays, you're going to get a first down that way. And that's kind of how it was, particularly in the third quarter. But in a lot of ways, most of the game, this running back committee of Tevin Colin, Kevin Colin, Tevin Coleman, Mozart, no Mostert. I'm sorry, Matt Breida. Just ran right through the Vikings. Uh, it was mostly, though, Coleman and Mustard. Mustard. Raheem Mustard. Coleman, especially, though, the former Falcon. Literally like five yards of carry. And that's the amazing part, too. When you sit down and look at their long, 
Coleman's long was 11. Mustard's was 10. That's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, we're talking, it was like every other time they touched the ball, it was like 8 or 9 uh, yards. So, what the hell, you know? Whatever. That's all that was. There was no running game. Uh, Alexander Madison had one run for three yards, and that was like in the fourth quarter when it was like, whatever, you know? We're just going to just try to gain some yards. Some. Uh, Dalvin Cook wound up with uh, 18 yards total in the game. Two yards of carry. He had a long of uh, <laughs> six. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a long of, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, I mean, J- J- Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't even accurate in this game. He wasn't anything great, but of course he nailed it on multiple third downs. And of course the interception that was thrown, a lot of people would say this was not Cousins' fault. Uh, apparently uh, Adam Thielen had stopped on the route when he should have kept going. So that's great. And guess who got the interception? One of my least favorite athletes of all time. Richard bleepin' Sherman. Richard Big Mouth Sherman. And his lips were flapping. Oh, were they ever flapping. And it made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Warm enough to smash the TV into a quadrillion pieces. I am so sick of that guy. Anytime he has any type of success, he's got to flap his lips. Richard Sherman, kiss my ass. Purple Mafia host, Paladino Joey. I'm saying it right here and right now. And I'm not saying it as some kind of a... Uh, <laughs> some kind of a rube with face paint... I'm seeing it as a, a football fan who's sick and tired, a sports fan who's sick and tired of taunting players, and they just get away with everything all the time because what are you going to do, throw a flag on that? He's just, you know, that's just part of the game. Ah, whatever. He's always got some crap to say. So, naturally, I'm not a fan of his. I'm not a fan of the Steph Currys of the world with their jiggly puff little nonsense every time they have a, he, he hits a three-point shot. You know, I cannot stand any of that garbage. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not coming out of this game with ill feelings toward the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, their fan base is just a bunch of jackasses, and they're fake. They're, they're as fake as a $3 bill. Everybody knows it. Uh, Dylan Richardson obviously lives around that area, kind of like Sacramento area, so basically Northern California. You know, you got your Oakland, you got your San Francisco. So many fans in that area tell us how much they hate San Francisco 49ers fans because... Well, when they're six and ten, you don't see an ounce of red. Not an ounce. Oh, but they're thirteen and three. The whole city's covered in red. It's a sea of red. Well, the Calgary Flames is a sea in red. It's a sea of red almost every night, regardless good or bad, in uh, the National Hockey League. That's a fan base. That's a fan base. San Francisco 49ers, Golden State Warriors fans are just a bunch of schmucks. At the end of the day, uh, you know. So some of them maybe are a little on the more classy side from the old days, the modern group. I have no idea what to say. Uh, it was nice to see Joe Montana. It was nice to see Jerry Rice. Uh, what a informative interview, though, at halftime. That was, uh, boy, <laughs> that was really informative. Uh, so what's going to happen? Oh, we just need to protect the ball. And that was the end of the interview. So that was kind of funny, the Jerry Rice one. Though I suppose they had like about 10 seconds to talk. So I don't know. I just kind of got a kick out of that. Um the highlight of the game by far was Stefan Diggs catching the ball and getting into the end zone. But, well, the San Francisco 49er uh, defender fell on the play. So that just kind of is what it is. Something's got to go right. So something went right. Uh, Dan Bailey didn't miss his kick, and he didn't miss his extra point. So that's good. Robbie Gold was perfect. He's as good as gold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Hunter did get another stack. So good, he got he got that added to his uh, postseason repertoire along with his regular season, you know, uh, feather in his cap and all that good stuff. I gotta love what he was. Uh, gotta love what Daniel Hunter did all season, all season. Uh, Stephen Weatherly added a sack 
along the way. But it's just you just come out of this, you know. With again, when is when is it going to be the year? Um, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you when it's going to be the year. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just leaves you just kind of like I don't know. Uh, again, the only real major well, there's two major things that I feel frustration in this game towards the 49ers. Any type of uh, malice I might have towards them. Obviously, Richard Sherman had this big flapping mouth, but even more so, Nick Bosa. That was some complete crap. Uh, it felt like he's rubbing it in our face. Uh, of course, again, the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, personal foul against uh, Brian O'Neill, that was not cool. That was not cool at all, causing a concussion. That was really not cool. He probably should have been ejected for that garbage. And then he's hurt a little bit, and he just comes up all, oh, and then he comes up with a number one, like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, and dancing around, and the crowd's going crazy. I wanted to give him a number one, but a different finger. You know, it's like, that was not cool. You know, yeah, sure, you're okay, you jackass. So I leave the game with irritation about that. That was a pretty jackassy in a couple of moments there from Nick Bosa. Obviously a great player, and good luck to him, but uh, I don't feel good good about Nick Bosa or... uh, Richard Sherman coming out of this one. I've never liked Richard Sherman. I've always thought he's had a chip on his shoulder. That is, you know, leave it on the field. Don't don't talk. You know, just play the game. He I, he just he's one of those kind of people that's got a chip on his shoulder twenty four seven. I don't want to have anything to do with somebody like that because well, there's people like that everywhere. I'm just gonna turn the other cheek and get the heck away from someone like that. That's just my humble opinion. Maybe I'm being a little too much of an open book today, but. After this, what are you going to do? I mean, what, what do you want me to come up here and tell you how wonderful everything is and uh, warm and fuzzy and thanks for the great effort, everybody, you know, and all you fake Viking fans that, that are pissed off today. You're just fake. You're fake Viking fans. That's another group of people I am telling you right now. I look at me right in the face if, you could, if I could see you. Shut the hell up. Don't, do not tell anybody they're a fake Viking fan if they're pissed off at what took place against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, of course, I'm recording the show the day after because, well, we got to let everything catch up. I'm still covering the postseason as best I can, you know, <laughs> as best I can with as much interest as I can. There's quite an amazing upset on the other side. That was, uh, I would say that was a larger upset than if the Minnesota Vikings beat the 49ers. That was a pretty big one. A lot of you already know what that is. A couple of six seeds playing a couple of one seeds and would have been amazing if both six seeds end up winning. But, well, only one of them won and it was the wrong one. As long as you're a Viking fan, it was absolutely the wrong one. Uh, Britton Cole quit. Amazing season. Keep him around if you can. Uh, <laughs> Dan Bailey, keep him around if you can. Amazing season. Great finish. Great finish to our kicker. So, thank you. Thank you very much to our kickers. Of course, the next, uh, well, the next episode after the Super Bowl review, so to speak, will be State of the Vikings 2020 as we head into the 1920s. No, the 2020s. The Roaring Twenties, yes. Automobiles, first coming around 100 years ago, yeah. Or at least first really hitting the market big time uh, 100 years ago. Uh, where do you go with this one, though? Again, the underthrow to Diggs, golden opportunity for the Vikings to score right before the half. That was a big miss. I don't know if it was a miscue or what, but Diggs could have easily gotten that. I mean, that was a first down with daylight second. I mean, he had at least the first down... It would have been first and goal at the four, so pretty good chance the Vikings might have might have gotten seven, maybe, maybe a fade to Rudolph or something, and it would have been a uh, fourteen to fourteen game heading into the half. That doesn't mean the uh, third quarter would have been better, but I think there would have been a little better energy going into that third quarter. 
uh, with a touchdown in the final seconds. So that was a gigantic miss. That was four points literally wiped off the scoreboard for the rest of time. The Vikings would never score again in the game after, again, that Dan Bailey field goal. Thank you very much for making it. Um, That was a big miss. A big, big miss. I already talked about the seven three and outs. Despicable. I talked about the Denver Broncos-like running game and, uh, you know, timely passing and smart plays. Uh, play action, this and that. I wouldn't say, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, what's his name? Jimmy Garoppolo is John Elway or anything. But, he, you know, he he made the plays he needed to make. He made a mistake. Obviously, there was an interception. John Elway threw a lot of interception in his, in his career. I do compare the San Francisco 49ers team to the Denver Broncos in the uh, in the late 90s. They're not as good, obviously. That, that team was amazingly good. Like, n- not many teams are going to beat them. Uh, I do believe this Vikings defense left a lot on the field today. Uh, that was not good. Um, uh, you got to make some of those stops in that against this running game. The other extremely frustrating thing is, again, <laughs> San Francisco's supposed weakness was supposed to be the run defense. 17th in the league. And this is a team that had several leads. If you're 13-3, and three, you're going to be ahead a lot. So, the other team's probably not running all that much, you would think, when they're behind. It does tell you, though, that they did play in a lot of close games. That was their one major weakness. Their pass defense was number two on the planet. Actually, or was it number one? Them versus New England, number two on the planet. And their run defense was uh, 17th. So, <laughs> it's it's an opportunity. When you have a good running back duo in Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, you got to think it's a better group of running backs than what you have in San Francisco with Coleman and Mostart. But uh, Mostert, Mostert, and you end up, uh, you know, you wind up getting a whole lot of nothing in the game. Pretty, uh, pretty sickening at the end of the day. So it just leaves you, leaves you again. I'll say it for the 99th time. Just saying, it's just so far away. It's just so far away. The, the the dreams of a Super Bowl championship are so far away. I mean, the NFC title game feels like light years away. It it, it does, and that's just the NFC title game. Two years ago, we were there, and the Super Bowl felt light years away. And again, don't forget, that's just getting to the Super Bowl. To me, getting to the Super Bowl, it would not be enough. Getting to the Super Bowl and getting beat, or getting beaten, like, drubbed, you know, 38-7, to or 38-35, to it would not be enough. I would feel very empty and very sad. Uh, we'd remember the season forever. Yes, you got to the Super Bowl again, you'd remember it the rest of your life. But there'd always be that empty, sad feeling at the end. Always just like 1998. You had a 15-1 season, but there's always that horrible, sad feeling at the end. And just once again, you think a 10-6 and 6 team, okay, we overachieved, we defeated the New Orleans Saints, but this team could have easily been 12-4, and 13-3. The Vikings could have easily been on the 49ers level. If this team showed up and played against, you know, showed, could consistently, consistently go out and beat big-time teams. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Going into the New Orleans Saints game was 0-15 against teams with a 70 winning uh, win percentage, you know, 700 win percentage. Well, 1-15, that's Cleveland Browns level. That's Hugh Jackson level. Nothing to brag about. When we're talking about Hugh Jackson and Cleveland Browns in the same sentence with Kirk Bleepin' Cousins against teams with a 700 winning record, that ain't good. And I know, they, they're obviously super-duper good teams, but 1-15... I mean, still, that's a lot. That's a big hill to climb. It was a great game by the Vikings against the Saints. We'll remember it, but we'll always have that empty feeling of, yeah, we'll be out, but then we got beat pretty 
pretty handily by the San Francisco 49ers the next week. And now we'll find out what happens with San Francisco going into next week with the uh, NFC Championship game. They will host it. I do believe they will win it, regardless if it's Seattle or Green Bay. Uh, either one of those teams can beat San Francisco. Seattle, obviously, is a division rival. A division games, any crazy thing can happen. You could be three games weaker and come out and win on the road in that situation. You absolutely can. So Seattle absolutely can win the game, and Green Bay's defense is tough. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's past his prime, but, I mean, NFC Championship game, I would not be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers do something special, though it might be hard as hell to do a whole lot against this 49ers defense. They're legitimate, obviously. Uh, Packers' defense looks uh, looks more legitimate than our defense right now, though. Uh, Great effort, obviously, again, putting the defensive ends in the middle Last week, we tried it again this week, and it wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. There wasn't the same There wasn't the same rush in on Garoppolo. It just wasn't there. Uh, we somehow flustered Drew Brees with it last week, but again, it's because the guards were weaker with New Orleans than the uh, than the tackles. That's the difference. This time around, San Francisco just the, the great protection mo- through most of the game. You got some rush in there, but it wasn't the whole game. That's for sure. It just wasn't the whole time. Uh, there, there was a rush. Here and there on Jimmy Garoppolo, but there were a lot of key plays where Garoppolo had a good five bleeping seconds and ended up throwing for the first down and third and 12. You know, just crucial first downs that end up killing us and uh, prolonging drives and keep, keeping the clock running. And you could just go on and on and on with whatever terminology you want to go with. But you don't come out of this one feeling good at all. Uh, 21 first downs for San Francisco, only seven for the Minnesota Vikings. And wow, uh, we got a couple in garbage time, late. So we had like four in the first half. That's great. And a couple in the second half. Uh, great. And it took again till four minutes remaining in the fourth quarter to get our first first down in the second half. When again, it was where the Vikings were very much in striking distance. We were not receiving the ball at the start of the second half, but still, we were within striking distance. There was a chance. But when San Francisco started running up the gut and a couple of pitch plays to the side, it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Funny how we actually had more net yards passing. That's actually kind of scary when you think about it. But look at the net yards rushing. No comparison. 186 to 21. 186 to 21. What? I mean, that's freaking awful. Yeah. How about them apples? Isn't that just great? It's not great. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. And go ahead and call me a, a disloyal Viking fan for saying it sucks. You're telling me I can't tell you it sucks that we lost the game? You're telling me I can't say this was not a good day? You're telling me I can't say that? Because if I can't say that, uh, get the hell out of here. Just get the hell out. Seriously, that's all I got to say. Who needs, with friends like that, who needs enemies? You know what I mean? (laughs) That would be kind of silly. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) If you're not frustrated after a game like this, maybe you're the one that's not a true fan. You're just a blind fan. You're a lemming. You're you're a sheeple. I don't want to be a sheeple. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I was a sheeple, and I would hope not too many people would listen to it. Maybe just more sheeple would listen to it. Yay. That's great. Well, may the sheeples be sheeples and stuff. Nothing to brag about as far as I'm concerned. Nothing to brag about at the end of the day. Uh, it's funny how there were only six punts by the Vikings. It felt like a thousand. It, it really did, but, uh, well, whatever. I don't even want to get through it anymore. It's so frustrating. Uh, Vikings did fumble the ball three times, luckily recovered multiple occasions, only one official fumble, and that was our good friend who never fumbles, 
yes, the wind was swirling and this and that, but it was the one guy who never fumbles, and of course he fumbled, and that was Marcus Sherrill's. I do believe this will be his last day with the Vikings. I think that's it, because here's the thing. Once he starts fumbling, there's nothing left with Marcus Sherrill's, because he can't return anymore. He, he can't. There's just The speed is not there anymore. The quickness is not there anymore. If Marcus Sherrill's was anything like he was in the past, he would have gotten scooped up right away. Why is he floating around out there? You know what I mean? Because he's not good anymore. God bless him. God bless him to death. Beautiful story. Greatest story ever. But sometimes it's why they call the NFL not for long. It's nothing personal. It's business. And you just got to be honest about it. It's nothing personal. It's business. Um, I hate being mean. I hate saying it like that. But the Vikings need a better return game because it stinks. The person, the, uh, the field position, holy Toledo, throughout this game was just owned by San Francisco. We finally had some decent field position on, like, when was it? Like, late in the second quarter, and it was the same old crap. I think that was when we got that field goal, so that was okay. Uh, that was a decent, solid drive that did not end well. Again, a grossly underthrown pass to Stefan Diggs, who, who would have had a first down with daylight at the very least. Don't think he would have been able to make a move, necessarily. Uh, the downfield blocking just wasn't there time and time and time and time and time again. I mean, you tried the screen pass and this and that. It seemed like the 49ers defense was mimicking our every move. And it was just, mm, it didn't, didn't, you just don't come out feeling good about anything. A lot, that's where the negative feeling was throughout the whole game is, boy, I, I don't know about this game right now. I, I don't like the way this is going. And, well, it, it, it went. <laughs> it went the direction that it kind of was heading towards. Luckily, not a thorough blowout but a thorough defeat, yes, a thorough defeat, um, not a good day for Minnesota Viking fans, so with that said, is there a Fran Tarkington award for this show, uh, I guess, Daniil Hunter, I like the, uh, I like that, I like the energy and the pressure he was able to get at times, but generally speaking, it wasn't there nearly as much, San Francisco's offensive line, credit to them, Jimmy Garoppolo moved around enough, this and that, of course, he's, he's on an ACL, he had it late, uh, early last season after the Vikings beat the San Francisco 49ers in the season opener. Uh, solid day for him. Can't say a whole lot about the offensive line. Kirk Cousins had just no time. He had no bleeping time. There was no running game. They didn't fear him. This and that. He was stuck in the pocket. There was no bootleg. And, of course, the play action was non-existent as well. Uh, Vikings defense was solid, but they got they got beat, they got gassed, and then they got run over, literally. So, I mean, it's like, what, what, do you, what else can you say? I don't think there really is a Fran Tarkington or a Christian Ponder award in this one. Maybe just the poor preparation. The poor preparation, generally speaking. Uh, you'll hear that from Sebastian Barton in segment number three. It's kind of a, we'll call it a Facebook, uh, a Facebook version of a call-in. A Facebook uh, audio submission is what it is. So, uh, yeah. You'll, you'll hopefully like that. We got one last week, a very hyped-up, excited Sebastian Barton. This one is a very pissed-off version of Sebastian Barton, including a very long post on the Facebook page as well. So, there it is. I'm not going to give any awards either way. It just was yucky. Yucky overall game, 27-10. San Francisco will host the NFC Championship game and probably is going to the Super Bowl. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. I looked away for a couple moments here. The Houston Texans lead the Kansas City Chiefs 14 to nothing. So, yes, that's when I'm recording this first segment. As much later, we will be uh, wrapping up the divisional round and getting into the conference championship rounds. Houston Texans lead Kansas City. So Kansas City's on the verge of choking again. They're not, they haven't choked yet, but it was kind of like Baltimore yesterday 
where Tennessee took a sizable lead. And, well, you know, well, <laughs> there was just nothing there for Baltimore. So yet another MVP-type quarterback has got a, a steep hill to climb. Luckily, he's got three and a half quarters to work with, and they just got a crucial first down, Travis Kelsey, who's the George Kittle of the Kansas City Chiefs, which very possibly might be two red teams in the Super Bowl this year. Very possibly. But um, and I think that's a more loyal fan base than the San Francisco 49ers. No doubt. Uh, Arrowhead fans are pretty, pretty. Uh, yeah. That's a better fan base. It is. Um, and it's a very talented group of players. They would, you know, they should, they should represent the NFC because it ain't gonna be Baltimore, AFC. It ain't gonna be Baltimore anymore. And then, uh, well, Tennessee is gonna be visiting Kansas City or Houston for the AFC title game. Could you imagine if it's Tennessee and Houston? And what Tennessee did to Houston the last time those two teams played. <laughs> And I know Houston was trying not to get hurt, but they were still a little bit more serious than, say, the Vikings were against the, uh, the Bears. Um, they were still trying to kind of hang on there and bring some momentum into the postseason. And surprisingly, they did. So we'll see what happens with Patrick Mahomes here. Whew, sorry if the audio was getting a little funny because I was looking away from the microphone. Huh. Well, that's a prequel heading into segment number two, I guess. Screw the Fran Tarkenton Award. Screw the Christian Ponder Memorial. Just, uh, just I guess we got to clear out lockers and... Yay, August, August. Well, well, well. We got mini camps first, though, and then, and then and then OTAs. That's exciting. But well, we're on in a new year. Hopefully, a very positive free agency and a really positive draft. And Minnesota Vikings draft the next Tom Brady in the NFL draft. Hopefully, hopefully that happens because it's going to have to. It's going to have to happen. Um, hey, the Patriots weren't going anywhere forever, forever, and then they got Tom Brady. So that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. You know, that's what it's going to take. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be basically getting you all caught up with the uh, second round and on to the conference final games in segment number two. We are back here on Purple Mafia trying to get you caught up on all the other playoff action other than Minnesota and San Francisco, of course. San Francisco, again, hosting the NFC Championship game. But at first, we'll go to the AFC as that's where uh, (laughs) it's a good place to start. It's going to be a fascinating matchup, Kansas City versus the Tennessee Titans. But, of course, let's backtrack a bit and see how these teams got there. What a... uh, What a back-and-forth seesaw situation here. Uh, Baltimore and Tennessee last night, right after the Minnesota Vikings, of course, lost to the San Francisco 49ers. As frustrated as we are today, you know, saddened and thinking again how it just seems like it's so far away, and I'll continue to say that. It does seem like it's so far away. But the Baltimore Ravens, a 14-2 season, an MVP type of a quarterback, and it was just like, well, yeah, here's the Tennessee Titans in have a nice, uh, well, it was a nice 14-2 season, and, well, time to go back and go, get back to training camp in August. How exciting is that? You know, you couldn't even get to the AFC title game. A very, very bitter, bitter feeling, a bitter defeat for the Baltimore Ravens. I can't even imagine what it feels like, 28-12, uh, to 12, but then again, yes, we very much can't imagine what that feels like. 
amazing season for Lamar Jackson. He continued to put up numbers in this game. He was everywhere, kind of trying to do everything, but it just wasn't working. Just nothing was working in this game for the Baltimore Ravens. Tennessee Titans just kind of answered everything that Baltimore tried to do. Uh, Lamar Jackson still wanted but 365 yards passing. But a lot of it was just trying to get, you know, they were just trying to get yards. They were picking up yards, but Tennessee ultimately wasn't breaking. There was some bending, but very little, and there just wasn't any breaking. Uh, Lamar Jackson would run to get first downs because there weren't passes to be made. 143 yards on the ground. It was an amazing effort, but Lamar Jackson, crucial fumble that ended up leading to a Tennessee touchdown along the way. Another strip sack type of situation there. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw a couple of interceptions as well. Four, uh, excuse me, three total turnovers. He was sacked four times was Lamar Jackson. It just wasn't his day. Uh, Luckily for him, he's got a long, long career ahead of him. That's the good part. We're kind of watching the end here of uh, Green Bay versus Seattle. Minute 48 remaining, 28 to 23. So kind of fessing up at the situation here. Can't wait much longer because, uh, you know, I can't record this tomorrow. And, uh, well, got to get this thing going. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did what he had to do. Very efficient. Only completed half of his passes, but insanely efficient. Derrick Henry looks like the MVP of the postseason thus far. Uh, He just kind of got what he wanted. Remember how I talked about the Denver Broncos looking like the, you know, the San Francisco 49ers looking like the Denver Broncos? So the Tennessee Titans right now, uh, in a lot of ways. The Denver Broncos, maybe they look in a little bit, they look a little bit more like the uh, the 2015 Broncos, a little bit, but of course, an even better running game, I'd have to say, because Derrick Henry right now, you know, a lot of us were talking about Delvin Cook as the best running back in the NFL. Uh, well, he doesn't stay healthy enough. So if he can't stay healthy enough, you're not the best running back in the NFL. It looks like it's Derrick Henry. Uh, nasty-looking ponytail coming out. My sister-in-law last week said it looked like uh, something. Yeah, <laughs> you can just kind of imagine what it looked like. It looks nasty, the color and the shape of it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks kind of nasty. But no offense to Derrick Henry. He's an amazing player. Oh, God, 30 rushes. Jeez, I mean, that's a bell cow running back if I've ever seen one. But still, almost seven yards of carry. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, Baltimore's defense just didn't get the job done. It was kind of like the San Francisco 49ers against the Vikings. It kind of was. Lamar Jackson, obviously as efficient as he was, Tennessee had the answer. They just had the answer. Their defense was in the right place, right time. And they put on a hell of a show. They really did. I mean, just denied Lamar Jackson time and time and time again. Any type of uh, attempt he had, whatever it was, it just wasn't going to happen. He'd get his yardage, but the end zone just wasn't meant to be. It just was not meant to be when it came to the Tennessee Titans. It was a disaster of a day for them. Again, uh, the reason why they got six points on one of them was a failed, of course, failed two-point attempt. They needed that two points to get within, uh, at one point, it was just one score or within two, actually. 28-14 to 14 would have been nice. I mean, you're within two scores, and it looks like the Green Bay Slackers are uh, in good position. It's far from official, but uh, Seattle's out of timeouts. Green Bay still got first and 10 with a minute 48, so it's just not working out thus far for Seattle. Great comeback by the Seahawks, but it may come up short. We'll see what happens. We all know what Seattle can do. Of course, they we're more concerned with the AFC right now, so in a lot of ways, it's perfectly fine what's going on. Just forgive me if I'm a little distracted at the moment, because it's kind of important, kind of important what's going on. But uh, Tennessee, I mean, I don't know. They uh, Whatever they did against Tom Brady, I mean, you know, they, they just got the job done against Tom Brady. I mean, they were in the right position. 
great pass defense throughout the day. Again, you, you gave up the yards, but they never gave up the big play. They always were there, forcing the Baltimore Ravens to punt or, of course, to have to kick a field goal and even more so, forcing turnovers here and there. Uh, just whatever it took. It's like whatever it takes. That's kind of what it is for Tennessee. I mean, that must be their slogan in this postseason, whatever it takes. And, of course, if it takes 30 rushes by Derrick Henry and 200 yards on the ground, so be it. Um, obviously, the 66-yard uh, explosion, not to the end zone, but 66-yard scamper down the field, that definitely brought up his average. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was just play after play after play was a big play for Derrick Henry, but it was consistency. Consistency. Uh, Packers are running that clock down. They're getting excited. They're very happy. <laughs> kind of is what it is. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, I, I, we'll get to them in a minute. Tennessee looks like a team on a, on a mission right now, but uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, they're going to have to go against... Uh, I mean, they beat Baltimore. They beat New England. they got to be riding really high like they could beat anybody. Uh, they could be the team of destiny heading into the postseason, and maybe they are. Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, we saw multiple comebacks here in this postseason. You saw the uh, the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans were part of a comeback, a 16-point comeback versus the Buffalo Bills. And today they were on the wrong side of a different comeback. <laughs> they were on the wrong side. 24 to nothing lead over the Kansas City Chiefs. 24 to nothing lead over the Kansas City Chiefs. 24 to nothing. They looked like they were ready to roll. Like, wow. It was 7 nothing, 14 nothing. 21 to nothing. Awesome first quarter. It was a franchise record. 21 points for, and yes, the game is over. So they were able to flat out run out the clock. I was like not doing the math correctly in my head. So yes, Green Bay is off to the uh, NFC Championship game, but they will be the visitor. So that's perfectly fine with me. Your final four is officially set. Woohoo. Kansas City Chiefs managed to score only 51 points, though, after a 24 to nothing Houston lead. So we saw 24 point lead go up in smoke, and I mean go up in smoke, like a Kansas City smoker, those those uh, Kansas City ribs, whatever you want to think about, because there's a lot of rib joints apparently in Kansas City, it's popular around that part of the country, barbecue time in Kansas City, oh my, they barbecued the Houston Texans, oh my goodness, 24 to nothing, that place, Arrowhead Stadium, I don't know if I've ever seen it that quiet, and then again, it was fairly quiet when the New England Patriots were able to get their, you know, get the job done in the AFC title game last year. But they'll be hosting it again because Baltimore's out. Baltimore's out. I mean, what a what a run of destiny for Kansas City as well. As much as it's a run of destiny for Tennessee, it's, it's there's, there's some destiny going on with Kansas City here as well because Kansas City looked like the top team in the AFC, like it was going to be easy. New England, though, just kind of hung on, they, and they, like, totally had it. Kansas City started losing games because Patrick Mahomes' injury, this and that. They were just dropping games. Then they beat the Vikings with some sound, solid defense. And I would not say their defense is that great in this game, was the, uh, were the Chiefs, but it got better as the game rolled on. I mean, they did get hammered. They were beat. They were legitimately beat. It wasn't like fumbling at the two-yard line where their offense made the mistakes and then Houston was able to score right away. It was just damn good offense by Deshaun Watson and such. Uh, he was spectacular throughout the game. Or at least in the first half, should I say. And then Kansas City kind of honed things in. They only scored 28 points in the uh, second quarter now. That's all. Uh, Very entertaining first half of the game. And then Kansas City just was the better team the rest of the way in the second half, 23-7. And that was just kind of all she wrote. Kansas City Chiefs, 
on their way to hosting the AFC title game again after all they went through. The injury to uh, Patrick Mahomes, that, that knee injury that wasn't super severe, but it was enough to keep him out three games, three or four games this season. They still wind up finishing 12-4. and four. Uh, Yeah, they still wind up finishing 12-4. and four. When it looked like New England might overtake them, uh, Baltimore then was like a no-brainer. Like, they're going to host the AFC title game. There's no doubt. I mean, nobody's going to beat Baltimore. I mean, nobody's going to beat Baltimore except the Titans. <laughs> and then they did. And the Titans beat Baltimore. Uh, you thought maybe the Patriots would be coming to Kansas City and then Kansas City, we'll see what happens there. Who knows what the uh, Patriots might do if they get past Tennessee. And then uh, somebody like Houston goes to Baltimore, which I think Baltimore would have taken care of them. Well, who knows? Uh, great start by Deshaun Watson. He did very well, but then Kansas City, again, they just honed things in, and Patrick Mahomes made it look easy after that. After a kind of a scary start, guys were dropping passes for the Chiefs. Plays just weren't there. Houston was making the big stops. And then, again, after one beautiful quarter for the Houston Texans, it was just Kansas City all the way. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes had one of those MVP-type performances. Five touchdowns, 321. Quarterback rating, 134.6. Just kind of tore them up. Just tore up the Houston Texans. Uh, he would run for first downs. Scampering. I mean, you're seeing the mobility again that you didn't see for a little while there. Again, a little, you know, a little ginger out there, I'm sure. And then mobility came. He would scamper for the first downs. He would make passes look easy. I mean, most of us, you think, wow, he just makes it look so easy. I want to go out and try that out in the backyard. And it's like, oh, okay, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Just doesn't work that way. He's one of those special talents as Patrick Mahomes, and God bless him. Looked awfully fired up. After that second quarter, he was getting fired up with his uh, receivers and the offense. Like, guys, this game's got about, like, you know, this game's got, like, three quarters to go. There's still a very good chance we're going to get this done. If you guys are just focused, uh, we'll be okay. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, great leadership by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Travis Kelsey, downright spectacular, kind of like George Kittle. Maybe we'll be seeing Kelsey and Kittle in the Super Bowl, and I would not be surprised whatsoever. If it's a couple of red teams in the Super Bowl, we'll not be surprised at all. Uh, Travis Kelsey, three touchdowns, dominant performance. He was unbelievable in the game. The nookie blankie, but even better than nookie blankie for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, 134. Again, like I just mentioned, caught 10 passes throughout the game. Huge, huge day. Tyree Kill had some moments. Sammy Watkins, a couple of catches, one very deep one. But uh, Damian Williams and Blake Bell bringing in the other two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey again, that nookie blankie. And, uh, man, one of the most dangerous players on the Kansas City Chiefs, no doubt about it. Uh, a team that just gets the job done with that old West Coast offense where you involve those tight ends in the big plays. At least one really good one in this case. Uh, that old Andy Reid West Coast offense. Will it finally be the year for Andy Reid? Uh, you look at all the teams remaining. The the team with the most recent Super Bowl championship would have been the Seattle Seahawks at uh, 2013. They are done. The Green Bay Packers now are the team with the most recent Super Bowl championship in the Final Four here. 2010. San Francisco 49ers last won the Super Bowl in 1994. They went in 2012, but they lost. Kansas City Chiefs last won the Super Bowl, last appeared in the Super Bowl in 1969. And the Tennessee Titans, absolutely never. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl, but they lost at the goal line to the St. Louis Rams. And, of course, now known as the Los Angeles Rams again. They were the Ra L.A. Rams. Then they were the St. Louis Rams with uh, Kurt Warner and a lot of jo other junk quarterbacks along the way. Uh, I know, not all of them are bad, but he was by far the best one. 
But uh, that was a very short-lived thing. Uh, he was much better with the... Uh, I liked him much more with the St. Louis... Uh, excuse me, St. Louis Cardinals. They used to be the St. Louis Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I liked him more with the St. Louis... Arizona Cardinals, pardon me. Liked him more with that club. And, you know, he had a short stand with the Giants. That's where he kind of, like, was mediocre and was, but still was sharp here and there. Won some games. Did a hell of a job, though, with Arizona. What a beautiful offense that was. Uh, God... And an amazing stat was brought up to me. I was brought to my attention. There are two teams in the entire NFC that haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1977. Can you guess who those two are? God. In the entire NFC. So shall we look over the NFC just really quick before we talk about the NFC Championship game and who's back in it and all that crap, and I'm just sick of them. Everybody's sick of them. Well, Chicago... Went to the Super Bowl in 85 and in 2010. So that's that's not the case. The Rams went last year and a couple other times. Seattle just went in, went in 2014 and lost. Philadelphia just won the Super Bowl in 2017. New Orleans won in 2009. Green Bay, went, uh, you know, yeah, Green Bay, I'm sick of them. San Francisco has been to the Super Bowl five, uh, six times since 1977. Won five of them. Denver's been there like a billion times and they've won three. Pittsburgh's obviously, well, Pittsburgh's in, yeah, that's the wrong conference. Pardon me, I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, just, okay, think about it. How many Super Bowls has Detroit been to? Zero. So, that's one of the two teams. Who's the other team? That's right, the Vikings last went to the Super Bowl in 1976. So, they couldn't have gone in 77, or at least the 77 season. Yeah, okay, I know. January 1977, they went and got beat by the Raiders pretty badly. Nice opening drive, only to fumble at the bleeping goal line, and it was just kind of like same old thing. You watch the Vikings in the 70s, and you watch the Vikings today, and you see a lot of the same stuff. Now, here it was. Vikings need to make this big third down stand, and they'll have a chance to get back in the game and maybe even take the lead. This is a golden opportunity. Third and six here, and it's uh, they, they missed three tackles, and Joe Q running back, who was a good running back for Miami or whoever, 12 yards, first down, Miami, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, crucial this, crucial that. Couldn't make the crucial stop, couldn't make the crucial catch, couldn't make this, couldn't make that. Best defense ever, but you can't make the bleep and stop when you need to. That's been the Vikings history in the postseason, and we all know. Um, we all know that teams get beat every year. There's only one Super Bowl champion every year, but to think in the NFC, there's only two teams that haven't been to the Super Bowl, not even been to the Super Bowl, much less won it. Of course, remember, Arizona did not win, but they went in 2008. We haven't even been to the Super Bowl since 77. And uh, the other team, of course, Detroit. We're in wonderful company there with the Detroit Lions, who have been to one NFC Championship game ever. Now let's sit down and analyze this some more. We could trash on the Cleveland Browns. We could trash on the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. We could trash on the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions won multiple championships in the 1950s in the pre-Super Bowl era. The Cleveland Browns won multiple championships in the pre-Super Bowl era. Cincinnati did not win championships in the pre-Super Bowl era, but they went to the Super Bowl in 1988, and they just barely lost that thing. I mean, they gave up the famous drive of Joe Montana at the end of the game. That was a great defense and a solid offense, led by uh, Boomer Esiason and such. Very solid team. They just didn't. They just couldn't make the final stop on that final drive. You know, Joe Montana was Joe Montana, and he kept everybody loose, and he drove that team down the field against that awesome defense that was keeping that a very low-scoring game. So, uh, 
Cincinnati's been to the Super Bowl since 1977 again. So you just you could just talk about everybody pretty much. I mean, even the Titans, obviously. The Jaguars have not, but they're, you know, 95. So that's a long ways after 77. We could just go on and on and on and on. Yeah, well, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski. And yes, Kevin Stefanski, earlier today, much earlier today, has been named the uh, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So that had been kind of floating around forever. It's a done deal, folks. Kevin Stefanski is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Who's the Minnesota Vikings' next, next offensive coordinator? Well, we'll just kind of have to kind of talk about that heading into the coming weeks. Pat is available, so if you want to bring Pat Schirmer back, he's available. He's a free agent. He is a free agent, of course, fired by the New York Giants. So he's a, he, he's available. New York made a strange hire, a guy nobody's ever heard of, basically. Uh, well, I don't even want to get into it right now. I mean, good, good luck to them. We'll see what happens. Browns hired Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski's younger than me. Obviously, multiple coaches in the NFL are younger than me. Um, you know, Sean McVay's younger than me. And you could go on and on and on. Andy Reid sure is hell ain't younger than me. He's one of the older ones. Looks like uh, Dr. Robotnik, if you've ever played Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, great uh, video game in the early 90s for the Sega Genesis. And yes, it carried on to the Sega this and the Sega that. And yeah, I know. And it's moved on forward, forward into the Xbox era. It's like a Dreamcast, obviously, uh, you know, all that. But uh, I like the old Sega Genesis days. Yes, he looks like Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> he is Dr. Robotnik. He's got that red uh, jacket on all the time. Um, but they'll be in the AFC Championship game. They rolled all over them Houston Texans. And uh, who's going to win that game? Boy, you know, I, I don't know. That's a tough That's a tough one. It's kind of like a pick em. What vibe do I have going into this one? With Kansas City putting 51 points on the board, I don't know. I mean, oh, well, it's a combination of things when you look at that. Was it just they were a little rusty? And then this, see, this is the kind of Kansas City Chiefs football that we saw last year when everybody thought there was going to be Chiefs and Rams in the Super Bowl and it was going to be epic. It was going to be like 100 points like it was earlier in that season. What an epic. I forget if it was a Monday night, Sunday night, or Thursday night game, but it was an evening game, primetime game. Everybody saw it. Epic battle, like 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 a hundred combined points in one game, back and forth. Mahomes and Goff, just ooh, that ball was sailing in the air. Beautiful stuff. If you like offense, I like offense, but that was a little too much. That was silly. Uh, it was an entertaining battle between the Saints and the San Francisco 49ers this year as well. That was a beautiful, beautiful, fun game, and I was happy the 49ers won because everybody hates the Saints right now. Um, and I'll be happy if the 49ers win next week because can you imagine who they're playing? Who do you think, yeah, I want to win that game? I'm not that bitter with the 49ers, so, and I'm glad that didn't wind up happening because, I, again, I'll tell you forever, I used to like the New Orleans Saints, but after 2009, <laughs> I'm not rooting for the Saints against pretty much anybody, maybe against Green Bay. That's about it. Green Bay, that'll never stop because their fan base is a bunch of fill-in-the-blank. I'm tired of it. There are some nice ones. A lot of them are a little bit older, or they're just you get to know people, and then you you know you find out they're a Packer fan, but they're nice. It's a nice person who is willing to acknowledge this and that. They're not going to just trash on your team all day. But then there's the rest of them. Let's just call them the rest of them, where every little thing, every little bounce of the ball, and they got to like get they got to like rub it in your face, and it's just stupid. It's just stupid. You know, I mean, you want to get along with people, but sometimes you just can't. And that's an instance where you kind of just can't. Kansas, Tennessee, Kansas City, Tennessee. Wow. Ryan Tannehill is completing the passes he needs to make. He's been clutch. 
The defense has been great. And Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, well, that's the first time a New England, a member of the New England coaching tree, or just New England this or New England that. Anybody that played for Belichick, obviously was a great linebacker for the Patriots in, in their earlier Super Bowl days when Brady was younger. I remember him very well. Very good player. Very good player uh, in Tennessee coach. Finally, somebody involved with the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick era. That's good. He's actually good. I mean, finally. Because everybody has stunk. You know, Romeo Cornell with Kansas City. Romeo Cornell with the Cleveland Browns. This guy with that. That guy with this. I mean, it's been rough. It has been a rough go. Ah, uh, Todd Haley. This guy. That guy. It's just been a mess. Ah, uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, that son of a gun in Detroit. Good luck for him. Uh, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, oh, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, that one never made any sense. Because what was, what was you know, God, it's amazing how the Patriots have evolved. I mean, that's like mass. That's like, that's speed evolution. You know, you think of evolution this and evolution that, and I don't believe in it when it comes to people, but I do believe it when it comes to just the planet itself. Things happen, you know, cycles change, this and that, the sun this, the, the sun this, and the Pangea that. Things change, blah, blah, blah. But the Patriots, my God, have they evolved in, in a quick hurry where they were giving up a bajillion points but scoring a bajillion points because, you know, that, that offense of Tom Brady a couple just a couple of years ago was phenomenal. And then, of course, last year was all defense. See, in the Patricia era, the defense was bad. And it was bend but don't break. It was bad. And, I mean, it broke against Philadelphia. And, obviously, it's broke many times with the uh, D- uh, Detroit Lions. Of course, it broke against Kansas City. Great effort. But after that Chiefs game, after a couple other losses, boy, what a rough, rough go. Uh, Eric Bianami, good luck to him, too. Good for him being the uh, very familiar name around here, Eric Bianami. Of course, a member of the uh, Vikings coaching staff years ago. Did a hell of a job with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Good for him. Good for him. Nice to see him having some success. Uh, I'm kind of taking this a little way, but a uh, little ways, but I guess that's just that's what kind of week it is when he went through that hell with uh, San Francisco. Oh, Kansas City, I think they're going to beat the Titans, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's so tough. I mean, it, oh my God, that is going to be a really tough game to pick. I kind of think the Chiefs finally get back to the Super Bowl. I kind of do. I'm going to be rooting for Tennessee, though. I mean, how how can you not? I'm going to be rooting for Tennessee. You always want to root for the underdog, but part of me will be happy to see Kansas City have some success. They really would. God, you know, my hope was See, the Vikings, how perfect would it have been? Would it have been? If the Vikings won, I would have talked about how, see, when the Vikings win the Super Bowl, if they ever do, it wouldn't be a 14-2, 15-1 season when all the expectations are on their side. Like, they're, you know, they're supposed to win. It would be a year where it's like a New York Giants situation. 9-7, 10-6, maybe 11-5. They're major, they're underdog, and finally it's just like, no, we're, we're going to win. We're going to win, and we're going to go all the way. And I thought... You know, maybe it was shaping up. The stars were aligning. I mean, how appropriate would it be? You knock out the Saints, a team that, you know, broke your heart in 2009. You beat San Francisco, a team that you're just flat out not supposed to beat and has had some massive success against you other than 1987. And then you go Boston Red Sox against the New York Yankees style into Lambeau Field and knock them off, a team that's just bullied and harassed you forever about how many Super Bowls you don't have and how many they have. You knock them out, and then you play the team 
that beat you in 1969 in the Super Bowl and you beat them. It would be the perfect story. Perfect story. But unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. Oh, God. Tennessee and Kansas City. I'm going to have a tough time with that one. I, I'm leaning Kansas City right now. I'll come back to that in a minute. Let's, uh, well, let's talk about Green Bay, Seattle. Green Bay off to an early lead in this one. Seattle making their little comeback. Nice effort by the Seattle Seahawks. Very nice effort, honestly. Some big moments. But ultimately, the Green Bay Packers end up winning. I don't even want to say a whole lot about this. So nice to see Marshawn Lynch get into the end zone. Uh, but then they fail in the two-point conversion. Could have been a three-point game. That might have made a difference for Seattle because, you know, a lot of crazy miracles happen with Seattle. And yeah, then Aaron Rodgers made fun of what Russell Wilson used to say, which was kind of mean, <laughs> but it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers has always been kind of a smart ass. That's just kind of how he is. He was efficient in the game. Uh, not super accurate necessarily every play, but he may, he completed the passes he needed to, including a deep pass late in the game to Devontae Adams. That was the dagger. I mean, there, there is your dagger, as they would say in Wisconsin, in Packer land there. Oh, man, Wayne Larrabee. Yep. There is your dagger. I mean, that was the dagger. Uh, Aaron Jones got in the end zone twice. Packers' defense was just outstanding in this game. It really was. And if they win the Super Bowl, it'll be mostly because of their defense and some clutch offensive plays. Uh, Devontae Adams is, again, the nookie blankie for Aaron Rodgers. He's somebody he can absolutely count on. Um Big-time plays, 160 yards for him, two touchdowns in the game, huge. And again, that 40-yard gain was the dagger that put the Packers in position to pretty much run the clock down and say adios and good night. Um, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a huge, huge, huge game for Seattle, but a huge, 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 huge drop. It would have been a big first down, would have kept the Seahawks moving. They end up having to punt and they would never see the ball again. Seattle Seahawks would never see the ball again. It was a sure catch. It was a sure catch for a first down, and Seattle never got that first down. Uh, Russell Wilson was sacked after that, and that was kind of all she wrote. Seattle went for the, the punt. Green Bay got the crucial first downs they needed to, and that was it. You know, Seattle used their timeouts because they had to, and that's just kind of it. Uh, nice early start for Green Bay, and Seattle just could not uh, overcome it. They just could not, despite some you know, big-time efforts for Russell Wilson, but great pass rush by Green Bay. And that's what would have been a tough time for Minnesota should we have gotten to Green Bay, should we have knocked off San Francisco. But again, I'll just keep saying it. It just feels so far away. It feels so far away, and it is so far away. We only got to the second round. It's, uh, you know, it was a successful season in terms of at least we got out of the first round and all that. Successful that way, but nothing that great. Um, you didn't sign. It, if this is the ceiling for Kirk Cousins, then, well, quite frankly, we didn't get what we paid for. We did not get what we paid for. If it's $28 million a year and you're going to the, you're getting to the divisional round and getting walloped by a better team, yay, woohoo, and your entire team has to be perfect, and I mean perfect around him for him to do well, you're not getting your money's worth. That's just plain and simple. If that's the ceiling, you're getting to the divisional round, and that's the best you can do, you're not getting your money's worth. Uh, it's good to have a good team around him, and it sucks that a lot of the defensive players are starting to get older, like Linval Joseph, like Xavier Rhodes, who wasn't so bad the last few games. I'll admit that. He certainly wasn't perfect, but he wasn't so bad. Uh, Harrison Smith, I got a sneaky feeling he's starting to decline a teeny tiny bit. Thank God for Al Harris. Uh, 
the cornerback situation. It looks like, yay, we get to start drafting some more again. Just, I mean, just keep drafting them cornerbacks and pray to God there's a Tom Brady hiding late in the draft and it'll be a day of destiny for Minnesota if that is to take place because we're dying for some destiny around here. We sure, we certainly are. It's only been 60 years and it's only been 50 years since the that awful uh, Super Bowl in 1969. So, uh, 1969 season, the turn of the decade into the 1970s. Uh, man, just two years after what happened to Bobby Kennedy. Man, that's how long it is. We're talking Bobby Kennedy uh, just a couple years after that. So, absolutely nuts. Green Bay, San Francisco. We'll come back to Kansas City, Tennessee. Green Bay, San Francisco. I do believe the 49ers will beat the Packers, and it's not just because I hate the Packers. I just think they're a little better. Uh, I think I just think they're a little better. But Green Bay would win because of their pass rush and their generally their general defense. They have a fantastic pass rush. We were witness to it twice. They frustrate quarterbacks. Russell Wilson was pretty damn good, but again, key sacks there, and it did not help. Tyler Lockett, after having a great game, dropping that pass did not help. So that was a little heartbreaking, unfortunately, for the uh, Green Bay Packers. That was just how it was. Um, oh, my God, I just called him Tyler Lockett. It was Malik Turner that dropped the pass. Malik Turner dropped the pass. I deeply apologize for that. Lockett was uh, the guy that was catching everything in the game. Malik Turner. So my deep apologies there to Tyler Lockett and anybody listening that might be like, what's he saying there? Uh, Tyler Lockett coming back. I just call him Tyler Lockett again. Malik Turner was uh, just not feeling his best again. Of course, coming back from a concussion a few weeks ago against Arizona. So that's kind of what happened there. I apologize again for that. Uh, Big drop by uh, Malik Turner. That was a sure first down. It was right on his chest. And Seattle would have had a shot at this thing. I don't like the Seattle Seahawks, but anything to shut Packer fans up, and I feel a little better. I do believe the San Francisco 49ers will shut Packer fans up, though. I think there's very little doubt about that, actually. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to just be a jackass and being a uh, just a sour a sour Viking fan against the Green Bay Packers here. NFC Championship game. These teams have met in the NFC title game before. The history's been on Green Bay's side, no doubt. Uh, it was at least once, 1997. It was in Lambeau Field, though. Or no, this was in this was in Candlestick. Pardon me. San Francisco was the number one seed that year. And, um, well, <laughs> things didn't go so well for uh, San Francisco. Green Bay had the lead, and they just kind of kept rolling. And, but then they ended up getting beat by the Denver Broncos in a, one of the great Super Bowls of all time. But, well, quite frankly, if we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos, I think the San Francisco 49ers are the closest thing to the Denver Broncos right now of that era. Uh, and, of course, the, the son, Kyle Shanahan, the son of Mike Shanahan is leading that 49ers team, so that's why you might see some similarities. Ryan Danahill, super efficient. Patrick Mahomes, super efficient. Derrick Henry. That's why the Chiefs would not beat the Tennessee Titans as Derrick Henry. Uh, if Tennessee can establish the run like they have so far against everybody else, and Ryan Tannehill continues to protect the football and do a good, solid job out there, and that Tennessee defense does what they do, they absolutely can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I would not be surprised if they did because they beat Baltimore, they beat New England on the road. I would not be surprised if the Tennessee Titans wind up in the Super Bowl at all. In fact, it's like I'm leaning Kansas City because they look so damn good today. But there's something special about the Tennessee Titans. There really is. Uh, this team was pretty much down and out. Marcus Mariota, you know, they had some little moments here and there, and I actually picked them to win the division. And then I'm like, God, I can't believe I picked this crabby team to win the division. And then Ryan Tannehill comes in, and, you know, they had some huge games. 
They had a disappointing loss fairly late in the season that I thought might have killed their chances. And I was like, I hope Tennessee makes it instead of frickin' Pittsburgh. And then they did. And they're in the AFC title game. Unbelievable. Uh, I keep going back and forth. It's like leaning Kansas City home field advantage is tough. It's almost impossible to win at Arrowhead. But winning in Baltimore against that team, winning in Foxborough against the frickin' Patriots, I'm going to pick them. I am going to pick the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC this year. And they're going to be like a team of destiny. They're going to be a team of destiny to at least get to the Super Bowl with a 9-7 and record. I've got that feeling. Uh, there, There is some magic to that Titans team. Again, Kansas City hasn't been to the Super Bowl since 1969. They have choked and choked and choked and choked. And Tennessee has nothing. It's loosey-goosey. They have nothing to worry about. There's no pressure on them. And they have the best running back in the NFL. And a defense that is awesome. An awesome defense. Mike Vrabel knows what it is. Uh, he knows what it takes to win Super Bowls. He's been there. He's been there and done that multiple times. Andy Reid has lost a Super Bowl and has lost a lot of uh, conference championship games. I am picking the Tennessee Titans to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to happen. Um, it's like I had a vibe with Kansas City, but then it's like I sit down and analyze. And that's why I went to Green Bay, San Francisco for a minute there first to kind of really get a vibe. Tennessee is going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Sunday, January 19th, 2.05 start in the AFC. That'll be fun. So I'm guessing the later game, of course, will be in San Francisco. That's, again, yeah, it's going to be, obviously. Duh. Uh, why would they start earlier than this? <laughs> They're not going to start that early. Arrowhead Stadium is going to empty out with frustration again. Beautiful stadium, beautiful fan base. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun battle. It's not going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I think Tennessee's going to Tennessee's going to build a lead, and they're not going to relinquish it like the Houston Texans are because Houston Texans are not that good. Deshaun Watson's great. Watts is a banged up, injury prone. Damaged goods guy. Uh, J.J. Watt is, you know, he is what he is. He's had some great seasons, but he's just, you know, he's banged up. He's just historically banged up. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. Tennessee beats the Kansas City Chiefs. Something along the likes of, uh, you know, let's go with 20. Uh, they're going to score. They're going to score some points against the Chiefs. 31 to 27. 31 to 27. The Tennessee Titans outlast the Kansas City Chiefs. And win the AFC. The Tennessee Titans are going to go to the Super Bowl with a 9-7 and team, and they just might win the whole enchilada. They just might. I do believe that the Green Bay Packers playoff run comes to an end in San Francisco. And um, again, I'll just keep saying, it's not because I have any vendetta against them, even though I do, but that's not the reason why I'm heading this way. Uh, Levi Stadium, of course, 540, heading into primetime on Fox You'll hear Joe Buck talking about the 49ers and probably worshipping Aaron Rodgers because that's just how it goes. <sighs> Packers will win the game because Garoppolo starts making mistakes and they fluster the hell out of him. That pass rush is why the Packers would beat the 49ers. But if the 49ers can establish the run like they did against Minnesota and other teams, to me there's no reason why the 49ers shouldn't be able to win the game. Much tougher opponent, dare I say, than the Minnesota Vikings. They are. They're a much tougher opponent. Seattle probably would have beaten the Vikings, too. I don't know. Um, man, that Aaron Jones is a son of a gun. 16 touchdowns. He's a goal line threat. Uh, he doesn't get a ton of yards, but he pounds his way for those short yards and gets into the end zone. Unbelievably, De- Devontae Adams never got 1,000 yards during the regular season, but, of course, he missed some time, and this and that, and Rodgers didn't exactly have his best season. He just didn't, but he took care of the football, and he was massively clutch when he needed to be. 
was Aaron Rodgers. So it is what it is there. Uh, San Francisco's got that running back by committee that is just an ass-whooping group of guys. Uh, Sanders is an outstanding wide receiver that the uh, 49ers acquired during the course of the season. George Kittle is who he is. I just think there's enough weapons in San Francisco and that home field advantage makes a huge, huge, huge difference. It does. I mean, it just does. If it was in Lambeau Field, the Packers would probably be favored. And of course, with that pass rush, that son of a freaking gun, oh man, that Z over there, that Z linebacker is a, is a hell of a player. Ah, boy, it's a toughie. It's a tough situation. Uh, these two teams have had, uh, they've met in the past and it's been entertaining and it's been fun and it's been amazing and this and that. San Francisco's, there's just a strong vibe I have with them right now. I think they will go to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2012. Green Bay will be denied going back for the first time since 2010. So neither one of these has been that long. Uh, I have more faith in Garoppolo than Kaepernick, I suppose. Kaepernick had his moments. He was a great running quarterback, and I loved seeing Kaepernick run all over the Packers in the past. He would have a much tougher time against this team. Uh, Russell Wilson had some big moments, but generally speaking, it wasn't easy. I do, I do believe, again, I just believe I believe that San Francisco is going to be a little bit too much. It's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout. I don't think either game coming up this weekend will be a blowout. And uh, San Francisco will be just a little bit better. I, I just have that feeling. Garoppolo took care of the football enough. Again, if Green Bay wins the game, plain and simple would have been the same reason the Vikings won the game. You fluster Garoppolo and force him into some mistakes. And somehow, some way, you're able to stop those running backs. But I don't know. I mean, they keep them fresh. They keep them full of energy. And that offensive line is damn good in San Francisco. It's just a smart, solid offensive team that knows what they're doing. Uh, you got two young coaches going at it. A uh, young quarterback, a veteran established Super Bowl winning quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who's been in a lot of these battles. A lot of NFC Championship games. This is his third, if I remember correctly. His third NFC Championship game. So it's going to be a very entertaining uh, battle. Seeing a uh, uh, battle-tested Aaron Rodgers against uh, you know San Francisco team that hasn't been there before. Uh, and, you know most of these players haven't, except Richard Sherman, of course. Again, that's a guy that could frustrate Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens. And he got some key interceptions, uh, and his team certainly did against Aaron Rodgers last time the Packers got to the NFC title game in 2014. Very crazy rainy day uh, in a uh, rainy and sunny, rainy and sunny day in Seattle way back in the 2014 AFC uh, NFC title game. Course, January 2015. I think 49ers win. Final score? Oh boy. Can't be too high. It can't be too high. These defenses are going to be getting the job done. San Francisco's defense is just so damn good. Um, I'll be very surprised actually if Green Bay wins the game, but uh, I will be very surprised. It's going to be something like 24. Uh, yeah, it's going to be lower scoring than it was against Minnesota. 24, 21, 24. 17, something like that, but San Francisco ends up winning the game. Aaron Rodgers is just going to be unable to get the plays he needs, and I I just would be very surprised. Again, the pass rush and establishing the run with Aaron Jones would be a huge reason why the uh, Green Bay Packers win the game, and of course Aaron Rodgers has the game of his life again. You know, Aaron Rodgers has another one of those great games, clutch games down the stretch that helps them win, but I just think San Francisco is going to be a little bit too good. You're going to see San Francisco-Tennessee and in that matchup, I don't know, man. Tennessee wins the Super Bowl, I think, because, <laughs> I mean, I think they would. Because I think Tennessee would win the Super Bowl because <laughs> look look who they've beaten. 
I mean, right now, I think Tennessee's going to win the Super Bowl. I'm, it's hard to believe, because you'd think I'd be picking San Francisco. You know, they get past Green Bay. Tennessee shouldn't be that... Tennessee shouldn't be, like, impossible to beat. I got a feeling the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I do. I got a feeling they're going to win. Their coach knows what he's doing, and that's where I'm leaning right now. Uh, I'm not going to pick a story yet. We'll get to that next week. But I, I'm going to be surprised if Tennessee doesn't win next week. Honestly, I'm going to be kind of mildly surprised if Tennessee doesn't win. Uh, any one of these four teams could win the Super Bowl. Obviously, they have a complete group of they have a complete group of guys, a strong defense, a solid, strong offense. There's just you know, no none of these group of teams would be like, oh crap, they won. But again, I would be mildly surprised if Tennessee does not come out of the AFC next week. I think they're a team of destiny right now. With that, we'll take a break, and Fan Interaction will get multiple phone calls and lots to talk about right after this. Greetings, Joey, and I wish you and everybody that listens to the podcast a happy and prosperous new year. So here we are, the wildcard games have come and gone, and wasn't it absolutely delicious to see St. Sean and his tainted Saints going down in heartbreaking fashion once again? There truly is karma. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, my final straw with that bloke was when he mocked the skull thunderclap, and it's like, you know... What a total a-hole. But anyway, I think the simple fact is that if this team can put its game together on all sides of the ball, it is a very good outfit. And they prove that. Um, Simply, as I said, I haven't had a great deal of um, faith this year, perhaps is a word, um, or expectations whatsoever. So anything they do that's a bonus is fantastic. Um, It was a solid performance. And to be honest, from the start of the game, I never felt they were going to lose. I, I have no idea why. I wasn't nervous or anything, um, which for me is quite unusual in a, a big, big game. Um, I think what it does do, though, is put to bed the argument for sacking Zimmer. Now, I know, know there is a, a part of the fan base that really aren't very happy with him. And perhaps if this had been the blowout in the bio that some expected, um, I think there would have been a legitimate argument for you know, that case of, yeah, he's been a very good coach in many respects, but he doesn't seem to be able to mentally prepare this team for the big games. Um, What I will find interesting again against the 49ers is, now we all remember that fantastic victory in 2007 against the Tainted Saints, um, and then the big letdown against the Eagles. Um, I hope they've learned from that mistake. Um, Yes, it was a emotional high, but you've got six days to prepare for the next bigger game. And they didn't appear to, did they? So it's going to be interesting. I, I think there's no reason why they can't go into San Francisco and um, win. Um, the simple fact is they have the playoff experience. They're veterans. Um, San Francisco, they've not been to the playoffs for a long time. They've got a quarterback that's never been to the playoffs. So pressure is going to be on them. They're going to be the favourites. I like the fact that we're the underdogs. I mean, I'm never happy when the Vikings go on the road in the playoffs, but it was what it was this year. We weren't good enough to win the division. And perhaps with so little pressure on them, um, they can go all the way. 
but we will really see, won't we? Um, so that's about it for now. I, I think they win. Um, Skull, Joey, Skull Brothers and Sisters, let's go to the bowl. Hey, 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 Purple Mafia Show. This is Sebastian Barton, uh, former co-host and special guest of this show long, long ago. If you're listening to this and you don't know who I am, that is perfectly fine. I have not made much of a presence, and I've had a couple of my own shows. That's neither here nor there. I'm here to talk about the Vikings' off-season needs, and boy, do we cut so many of them but let's start it off we need a defensive tackle Linval Joseph is getting old and we really have nobody quality behind him we have a major major issue at right end uh Griffin's getting old big salary cap number we need a new quarterback we need a third wide receiver we need fuck corners we need for sure to resign a safety or sign a safety uh we need a linebacker because we still haven't filled in for Greenway yet to disaster. But with every disaster, there is always a solution. I think the solution is using draft picks to go get uh, good pass rushers, obviously. That's the way to win by looking at this game. We need to get home to the quarterback. I feel like linebacker you can at least sort of solve with free agency. I think Green Bay kind of showed that this offseason. Uh, corners you can relatively solve with free agency. you got to spend some money. But getting rid of players like Everson Griffin, maybe even Kyle Rudolph with that big contract, we got to open up some cap space, and we got to do it quick because we got a lot of holes, and it's not getting any better. It's just not. And we're going to keep seeing this. It's going to be a perpetual cycle. Uh, I highly doubt that we're going to get rid of Coach Zimmer and Rick Spielman, even though I'd love if we did. And hopefully this is Stefanski's last game and the Browns are so enamored with him they want him. Well, Sebastian, the Browns were enamored and they wanted him. So <laughs> Kevin Stefanski's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Pretty crazy. So, yep, you got to hear from uh, Mad Martin and Sebastian Barton. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, thank you guys so very much. I'll just kind of let you guys have the floor there. Uh, Lots to get to, obviously, you guys, uh, again, the off-season and all that. And, of course, uh, Mad Martin, very encouraged after that Saints game. And a lot of us really did believe the Vikings were going to beat the San Francisco 49ers, and I really don't blame anybody for believing that. It's just reality set in, and a lot of us uh, pessimistic types out there that uh, saw how poorly Kirk Cousins usually plays against good teams and how everything needs to be working perfectly for the Minnesota Vikings around Kirk Cousins in order for him to have major success, and that's kind of just how it is. That's just kind of how it was at the end of the day. Uh, Extremely painful. So there's going to be a lot to get to. Don't be surprised about that. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Malcolm McSween out of the Southern California area, but north of L.A. and such, retweeting the most recent show, episode 311, wildcard review, division round preview. Thank you guys so much for the retweet there. Vinrock Vince Germano also jumping on board with that out of Australia. Thank you so much, Vinrock Vince Germano. Interesting stuff. Now I'll move up, 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 up. We'll be hearing from Mad Martin quite a bit. He says, almost 50 years since the Vikings' first Super Bowl loss. Yep, that was against the Chiefs. But in the half century since the first Super Bowl loss, the Minnesota Vikings have been in the playoffs 20 
nine times compared with 22 for the Packers, 15 for the Bears, and 12 for the uh, the Lions as division rivals. Pro Mafia, not bad. Skull. Yeah, it is really amazing. The Vikings have been to the playoffs many, 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 many times. So historically, a very, very successful franchise, just unable to finish the job. Uh, Green Bay was pretty lousy in the 1970s, and the Vikings took advantage of it for the most part, or at least we just didn't have to deal with them a whole lot. Uh, so we'll keep moving up a bit. Malcolm McSpleen was uh, replying to Dustin Baker, or uh, Dust Baker, Dust, I'm not sure what they were saying there. Dustin Baker was saying, best NFC teams by record over the last five seasons when you include playoff games, Minnesota Vikings, 52-31-1. The Saints, 53-32. So the Vikings had a .001 advantage over the Saints. Seahawks, 53-32-1. Packers, 49-35-1. And and the Eagles, 49-37 with no tie. So uh, very interesting thoughts there. Interesting. Uh, I wish it meant something in the big games, though. I, I really do. I wish the Vikings could be, have the best record in the big games. That, that would matter a lot more, but it is what it is. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, been a long day waiting. Now let's see them do over the 49ers school, brother. Holy crap, totally dissection of the Vikings secondary on the first drive. And yes, it was. See, the first drive, you got to see Garoppolo kicking butt. And then later on, it was the running game. And the running game and the running game. Uh, Garoppolo would get those big third down completions, though. When the Vikings don't have opportunities to make the stops, uh, Mad Martin was happy about the defensive stand. As there were a few, our offensive game wasn't running. He says, might as well crank up the longer passes. And that's the thing. That's what just never happened. Uh, Just one time. Just one time we were able to get something going down there. And it just seemed like Kirk Cousins was unwilling to take chances. It seemed like Kevin Stefanski uh, wasn't setting up those plays either. But I'm sure those plays were there. And Kirk Cousins opted not to go that direction. Extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. Things just have to be perfect for Kirk Cousins. Uh, That's the problem. I mean, you have like a 90s Cowboys offensive line. Uh, Delvin Cook, like superstar running back. The best receivers in the league, like Cook and, uh, or Cook, like uh, Thielen, Diggs, and maybe even better. And a defense that sucks on the other side. And then, yeah, yeah, Kirk Cousins will look really good. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Everything needs to be perfect. Like, oh, yeah, it has to not, it has to be like the perfect weather conditions, too. You know, ah, come on. I mean, how much adjustments do you have to make? The guy has special skills, but he just doesn't put it together. He just does not put it together. And that's why I support a lot of you out there that are saying, you know, (laughs) maybe not blow it up, but uh, yeah, let's change direction a little bit here. If it's a new coach, certainly different quarterback, this and that. Love Kirk Cousins as a uh, love his love his throwing arm and all that, but I think there's more there. I, I think there could be more there with uh, somebody else that can actually kind of scramble around a little bit and throw. You know what I mean? It's just extremely frustrating. Uh, Mad Martin was saying this game was what most expected last week. They got us to buy in again, and they do the usual lay a large bleeping egg. Yep, Mad Martin was saying, so we have all these weapons on offense, and we have no creativity or anything to get them the ball. Yes, amen. I mean, these are some good takes, man. Uh, in fact, what I was thinking, that this team could go to the 49ers and win, What? that's it. I was not thinking. He was saying, "What?" in, in fact, what was I thinking? Yeah, and, and that's it. I was not thinking. Me too, brother. Me too. Uh, this has been brutal. It's safe to say we need to draft more linemen and a defensive tackle or two. It, yeah, I mean, you know, no matter what we draft, it probably wouldn't be bad, especially quarterback, especially getting a quarterback in the draft. 
And it's like, again, I'm not trying to piss on Kirk Cousins and all that. I'm not trying to piss on what he did last week. But at the same time, I mean, it, it changed way too quickly. Way too quickly. Uh, he says, Mike, Mad, Mad Martin says, I blame Mike Florio for picking the purple. Yep, <laughs> that's funny. Mike Florio, yep, pro football talk there. Mad Martin continues saying, sad end to the season, but divisional round, not, not bad. Players clearly tired. The team on a bye gets a huge advantage. Not going to let the disappointment trip tonight to offset my happiness, happiness from last week. Niners, just the better team. Going forward is cause for concern. We have a nucleus of a championship-winning team, but potentially lose a lot of key players in free agency this offseason. Add to that, we have zero cap room and glaring holes. Yep, Sebastian was as a yep, Sebastian, and you are of like mind there. Glaring holes across the field. I can only see us going one way. Thoughts? And yeah, that'd be downward, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking the same, brother. I'm thinking the same. Um, I think this is the ceiling. For this current regime, uh, the current quarterback, coach, defense, players, blah, blah, blah. I think this is it. Like the ultimate ceiling was probably the uh, the NFC title game a couple years ago when you had that 13-3 and season and you were already at home waiting for the divisional playoff round. Obviously, the host of the division round is a, is a team with the first round bye. And boy, it took a miracle. To be fair to Mike Zimmer, though, when you talk about his playoff record 2-3, and three, he would at least have a third. He should have at least had a third win if that stupid Blair Walsh could have made the kick. Odds are he probably would be 3-3 three and three today in that case because we would have won the Seattle game and I'm not sure how what would have happened in Arizona. Maybe we would have won because we barely lost to them earlier in the season. So it was a pretty good Arizona defense and a decent Arizona offense as well. Mad Martin was saying, what? I forget what I said. He was like, really, kind of? Oh, yep, I was saying, yeah, absolute shocker tonight seeing Tennessee knock out Baltimore. Mad Martin couldn't believe it, yeah, because obviously his time is a little different. Probably was sleeping when that took place because, you know, it's, too, it's like the middle of the night there in, in uh, northern Scotland. So that is where Mad Martin is from. Still not watched that Baltimore game yet. Cannot believe they lost. I can't believe it either. Now the question is, will... Now the question will be whether Stefanski is any more prepared to be a head coach than Kitchens was. Oh, for the, for Cleveland's sake, Vince, Vinrock Vince Germano, who retweets this show, the releases of this show, yeah, I hope I, I hope so. Um, I think Stefanski is a hard worker. I think he will be more prepared. I think he's a better coaching candidate than Freddie Kitchens, but how much better? Is he head coaching material? That's the question. Does he have the personality to be a head coach? I think he has the skills to be a head coach. Does he have the personality? you got to have both. Um, Mike Zimmer is kind of like all over the place. God knows. Uh, he certainly has the skills uh, defensively. Uh, the personality is kind of all over the place, and it's frustrating. Um, when Zimmer's on, he's on. He's fantastic. But then he's got those weird gaffes. And all that. Apologize for the lack of interaction. Again, um, you know, I was just kind of in a mode. I was distracted. I was with my friend during the game also. Usually usually I'm not with anybody during the game. I'm just locked in and with you guys, basically, on Twitter, Facebook, places like that. So, Mad Martin, God bless you, though. I mean, great, great, great job this show. Thank you for uh, keeping up with everything and unbelievable thoughts. I think Mad Martin was just, just unbelievable on this show. And that's why he's a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer and will be announcing a new Hall of Fame class. Apparently, Jimmy Johnson will be in the Hall of Fame now, brought to tears by Hall of Fame announcement. So, Jimmy Johnson, as the guy I was hanging out with yesterday, Paul Tuniverse Caniff, a guy I've known forever, and 
He, I met way back in 2013 at the end of the year, moved to uh, Seattle right as uh, the Metrodome was going to get torn down and the U.S. Bank Stadium was starting to get built and the Teddy Bridgewater era started and all that in 2015 and all that, well, 14 actually, 2014 and TCF and all that. It was a lot of fun. And then Paul Cunivers kind of realized when he moved away, he didn't really have any friends. He didn't know not many people over there and he came back. So great to have him back. He came back last spring. Uh, finally got to watch a Viking game together for the first time in forever. And I apologized to him because I was like, yes, this, let's have this magical season. Let's hang out, watch a game and keep this thing going. Watch this, enjoy this playoff run. And I apologize. Like, boy, I am so sorry for uh, having you witness that. But then again, he, he would have probably watched it anyway, or at least, you know, saw part of it, maybe the second half or something. But second half wouldn't have been the good part to see. At least the Vikings were in it <sighs> at halftime. But uh, thank you. Mad Martin, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. That's where I was on the Twitter account there with Mad Martin. Awesome, 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 awesome. Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show and uh, MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven is where the most recent, uh, you know, or I mean, it's where I, I'm able to post links to Purple Mafia there. Thank you so much, Trevor Wickerman, for allowing me to do that. And I'm more than happy to give you a shout and encourage listeners to join that page. MN Vikings Haven, do join that. Lots of fun Vikings conversation on there. Oh, yes, indeed. Lots of fun, indeed. Oh, man. Uh, so... I think I'm going to get this to uh, to load up. And, of course, Sebastian talking about the endless uh, the holes and the frustration. And he would not be too disappointed if the Vikings moved on from Zimmer and Spielman. And I, I second your thoughts there, Sebastian, 100%. I, I do. I would not. I mean, Zimmer is a good coach, but he's not that good. And I'm not sure he's the, you know, I'm not sure he's the answer. It, it, it doesn't look like it. And that's too bad. Who will be the answer? I, I don't know. Um, we're all afraid of becoming the Detroit Lions. You fire everybody, you start over, and then you suck for like 15 years or whatever. There's always that fear. And, and I feel you. I get that. But mm, frustration, I've got to tell you. Frustration. So the uh, in-game thread here and there. I had that nice, pretty graphic up there, and it didn't amount to a whole lot. Ah, Gerald's ring, yep out of Nebraska. Purple Mafia Hall of Famer says, well, that couldn't have started any worse. Dave Hickey, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer out of Iowa says, damn, this game is driving me nuts already. They just drove right down the field. Mark Carlson, Iowa, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer says, Skull Brothers and Sisters Worldwide. Really looking forward to today's game. There has been a lot of hype in the media the past few days. Also, I'll be watching the game tonight as a recording with my Purple Mafia loving, well, excuse me, Purple Mafia, with my Purple loving family. I apologize, Mark. Purple loving family. So I will be going into dark mode on all social networks. Maybe I will get in on the post-game comments. Go and I'm sure he does. Oh, my. Yep, and I gave you plenty of time to do that. It's been a whole day now because <laughs> I had to get let the other games catch up. Gerald Strings says Vikings hanging in there, but clearly the 49ers' best team on the field right now. Kendrick's got that big pick off. Yep, Dave Hickey. Cedric loved the touchdown thanks to Stefan Diggs and all that and Kirk Cousins. It was a great play. Diggs and Cousins, great play. Brent Jake. Wait a minute. Brent Jake also called in, didn't he? Yes, he did. I got to go dig that up. Uh, that's my apologies. Yeah, we got a Brent Jacobson here right now. So my take on the Vikings debacle in Santa Clara. Yuck. Freaking yuck, yuck, yuck. Dang it. I had my hopes up. I thought 
maybe this year they could actually make, run the table, go to the big game, win it all. But damn it, it didn't happen again. I should be used to it. I mean, hell, being a Cubs fan and a Vikings fan, Timberwolves fan, Wild fan, Twins fan, Gophers fan, whatever the hell Minnesota sports fan. Shish. They always break your fucking heart. Whoops, excuse my French. Um. Ay, ay, ay. It, there was many times where it looked like they just gave up. They had ball fourth down. Oh, let's just put it away and let's see if we can stop them. And then San Fran goes down, punches it in. The deficit gets bigger. And then rinse, lather, freaking repeat. You know, maybe, just maybe it's time Ziggy cleans house. Maybe Spielman needs to go. Maybe Zimmer. I hate to say it, but I mean, I love Zimmer. He's a great guy. He seems like a good coach. But things have gotten stale, stagnant. Like we're spinning our wheels in reverse. I don't know. I wish, in some ways, I wish we could have traded uh, Zimmer to the Cowboys for their first, to package that first round pick in ours, move it up to say maybe number two, taking Tua from Alabama, let him sit for a year under Kirk and learn while he recovers from his, I believe it was a hip injury. But now that that didn't happen, I don't know if we have enough ammo to be able to move up or if it would be wise to move up. But I'd say Rhodes, Griffin, and a couple others have probably played their last game in a Vikings uniform unless they take a major pay cut, which I don't know if will happen or not. And that was a great call in there. Uh, Brent Jacobson, lots of passion, lots of frustration, and I feel you 100%. And I'm not against anybody that's saying they should move on and clean house. I'm not. Uh, I know a lot of people will be like, there's a lot of other people out there that might be like, well, you can't clean house after getting to the second round and everything. My God. But, well, I don't know. Again, I know there's the fear. You don't want to be the next Detroit Lions. You know, you're going to be 6-10 and 10 for the next 10 years. But I don't know. Maybe you could accumulate a lot of good draft picks. I don't know. <laughs> The Vikings aren't going to suck for that long. I mean, we've had a couple of really bad seasons, like 2011 and 1984. And generally speaking, you know, 2013 was not good. Years like that. 2010 was not too good. But we usually don't stink for a long period of time. So that's one thing you don't have to worry about too much. I don't think we're going to be like Arizona and stuff like that, where we were bad for so long. So there is a lot of that. Uh, that you can kind of uh, look upon. Great call-in. Thank you guys. Uh, three call-ins today. Three call-ins, three audio submissions is what they were. And awesome, awesome done. Sorry about that, Brent. I almost forgot about you, but uh, I can't believe I almost did that. But So I deeply apologize. But all I had to do was see your name, and it's like, oh, he did. Yes, I better get back over there and grab that. Uh, great. That was really good. Uh, really good. Lots of passion. And, well, I mean, let it out. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. People are going to swear a little bit, and I apologize for that. Those of you that might not like that. <laughs> uh, Brent, Jager, uh, Brent McCarthy says, where did it go? Pre-game is all 49ers. Pre-game is all 49ers, how great they are. 
Yes, and that's what it was in the early point, moments. Yep, Gerald Spring was saying the O-line was getting rocked. Uh, Got to get a touchdown. Let's bring, uh, Brett McCarthy, he loved the Diggs touchdown there. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says school. This and, that, and so forth. Let's get to the main part. Oh, let's see what this thing is. Yep, that was Mark Carlson talking about how it was going to be a, a while or how he wasn't going to watch it for a while because he couldn't too busy there for the time being. And we'll see what he says here in the uh, post-game thread. Brent Jake leading it off. And great job there. And great call. And again, he's going to get a star today. Brent Jake, of course, in the Lakeville area. It seems to me that things have stagnated with the Vikings. As much as I love Zimmer and Spielman, maybe it's time for some fresh new energy and blood with the team. Yeah. Dave Hickey says, uh, who would you want for a coach with fresh ideas? Most of the great coaches with Super Bowl victories like Landry and Noel had several years coming up in short play, uh, had coming up short in the playoffs until finally reached their goals. I think we should give Zimmer and Co. two or three more years, draft a quarterback this year, and see what Cousins does next year. Don't extend him unless he wins it all. They will have to pay big time then, but that's where the other quarterback comes in. Yeah, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, because I don't trust Kirk Cousins to take this team any further than he has. I think this is the ceiling. And I would not like, I mean, I mean, I would not mind at all whatsoever taking a quarterback. I really want the Vikings to take a quarterback in this draft. They have to do it. They have to do it. Um, it's like it's not personal, it's business. They have to do it. If it's, you know, he's not a good quarterback and Kirk Cousins is fantastic or just Kirk Cousins is fantastic and takes us all the way, then yeah, okay, extension. It, it is what it is. I don't want to see any long extension for Kirk Cousins, though. I think it would be a mistake. I think it's a mistake. You know, and it's not because I hate him. It's because you got to sit down and analyze the big picture. I think it's a mistake. Keeping the coach and the GM, I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> he did a masterful job against uh, Sean Payton's offense there. Not so much against the 49ers. The run defense was awful. And Jimmy Garoppolo got the yardage he needed. He got the completions he needed to get. Just bottom line. It was awful. Uh, twenty keep, Keeping them at 27, though, isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen with a running game like that. It's just the offense didn't even show up. And, of course, the 49ers defense was number two in the league. Brent Jake uh, responds to Dave Vicky says, maybe Josh McDaniels, but not 100% sure on that. Yeah, obviously he has the, uh, the special skills offensively, but is he a head coach? He wasn't good with Denver. So that's a risky move, but well, Pete Carroll wasn't too. Was Pete Carroll was average with New England, not good with the Jets, and um, unbelievable with Seattle. Bill Belichick was halfway decent with the Browns, not so good with the Jets, and um, unbelievably legendary with the Patriots. So I guess you never know there. You never know. Maybe maybe he's good, but uh, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. We'll see. So I feel you're uh, not 100 percent sure there, Dave Hickey says uh, on his own thread, he says, another disappointing ending to the season. We just can't ever put it together at the end of the year when it all matters the most. Nice to have them upset the Saints, though. I just wish we were the number six. I just wish we were the 60 to win instead of the Titans. And Me too, because I think the Titans might win the Super Bowl, Dave. I think the Titans might actually win the Super Bowl this year because the way they're, uh, they're playing like a team that's going to win the Super Bowl right now. Tony Coleman, uh, another Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. This one out of South Dakota says, typical ending to a Vikings season. I love my Purple, but after but after this many years, I know the playoffs were made for choking. There's always next year. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, and you could feel the pain in my voice when I read that part. There's always next year. 
<sighs> yeah, <laughs> don't you just hate it. Gerald Strings says, well, the streak is alive. Only two teams in the app. There it is. Gerald Strings is the one that brought this up. Good job, Gerald. Um, the streak is alive. Still alive. Only two teams in the NFC have not reached the Super Bowl since 1977. Honestly, a decent season, but my opinion is just too many high-priced players on the top side and just can never reach excellence. Plus, now our still recap is completely shot. Cook's going to want to get paid, yeah. Going to get paid down the road, so tough times ahead, I'm afraid. Yeah, he's going to want to get paid now, is what a lot of people believe, that he might actually even hold out from camp if the Vikings don't make the, the first move. So, yeah, tough times indeed, brother. Uh, in their defense, it's tough on a short week to travel west and take on a younger, tougher team that has rested for two weeks. I know what you mean. Just didn't show up today. Too banged up and didn't really look like anyone wanted to be there. I guess hit the reset button and see what the draft brings. That's all we can do now. Yeah. Matthew Donofrio. Interesting. Cool. Welcome aboard, Matthew. If you're if your first time, I do believe. Used to use too much in New Orleans. Not, had nothing left in the tank. Uh-huh. Justin Mayer Henry, Colorado. Future Hall of Famer, no doubt, along with Cedric and Josh Mayer Henry. Yes. Hint, hint. Well, at least I'm already so depressed that them losing this game did nothing to me. I know I know what you mean there, too. Ah, I know what you mean there, too, Justin. I do. Other than that, it's just the typical Vikings postseason squad. Yeah. Yeah, I know I, I know what you mean. I, I do. I wish I didn't know, but I know what you mean, Justin. Uh-huh. Brett McCarthy says offensive coordinator got out, played today. Yep, defense hung in there as long as they could. I blame the offensive line and defensive play call, or excuse me, offensive play calling. It was pretty pretty conservative and pretty predictable, wasn't it, Brett? It was pretty predictable. Hall of Famer there, Brett McCarthy. You got a guy like Cook, and you can't even run the ball or get him the ball. Uh-huh. Matthew Donofrio says, agreed. Yep. I wonder where Matthew's from. Now, I get curious. It's probably messed everything up. He is from... Oh, yeah, I remember this. He's in Florida, but he's from Alabama originally. Thank you. Welcome aboard, Matthew. Looks like a veteran Viking fan there. Love you. Thank you on board, jumping on board for that. Um, I agree, though. Yep, I agree with both of you guys there. Not just to sound like the Buddy Bears from... Uh, yeah, but Sebastian's got a whole lot to say coming up, too. Post-game thoughts. Some people nice about it, some people not. It is what it is. Sebastian likes to stir the pot, and so do I. You know, that's why I'm on the air sometimes. I, you know... I'm not going to say everything everybody likes all the time. Um, why would I do that? You know, it's just, <laughs> I can't. I cannot. I, what, what, kind of, what kind of show host would I be if I'm going to just come up here and just kiss, every, kiss everyone's butt? You know, there's just no point then. So, uh, Leland, Iowa. Uh, yep, yep, that was agreed by uh, Matt there. Leland Albertson out of Iowa. He's got, he's got Hall of Fame all over him, too, coming up here. Uh, Leland Albertson says the Vikings lost because they're quite simply, from top to bottom, not as good as the 49ers. The defense got pounded into the ground in the second half. Cousins is not good enough, plain and simple. He does not deserve 28 mil a year. He does not need to be the Vikes quarterback next year. I say cut him and lick the wounds. Trade up and get a fresh quarterback that could potentially be a franchise quarterback. There is too many top quarterbacks in the draft this year. No salary cap means the draft will be our only chance to improve. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This guy's definitely getting a star this week. Time for rebuilding mode in the next couple of years. 
maybe even a new coach to fulfill a different version for this team. Well, we'll see what happens because tomorrow's another Black Monday. Tomorrow is another Black Monday, guys. So tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to the show, who knows? <laughs> who knows when you're listening? Maybe you're catching up a week from now. I don't know. Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana says, well, it looks like I'll have to wait for 51 years now. Yeah, Todd. Oh, man, I am really sorry. And I'm not, there's no sarcasm whatsoever. I am really sorry. I'm really sorry. You know, it, it, it hurts. Jeff Holmgren, yep, who's been awesome all year, says, uh, should have just lost last week to save this embarrassment. And people are like, what? Elutra was like, what? No. That's funny. Cedric Paulding, Mississippi, says, we need a total overhaul on offense. Jeff Holmgren says, typical season, just fill the seats for the money. And is he doing the middle finger or just a thumb? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a money bag. My bad. I couldn't see it good. Jesse Ball, who's been awesome all year also, awesome all year, uh, says, if I had one word, typical. This game had classic Vikings embarrassment written on it from the beginning. It was a good year, but good isn't winning any Super Bowls, and neither is Cousins or Zimmer. Sucks, but it's true. Both really great guys, but not Super Bowl caliber. I'd like to say we will win one one day, but there is just too much history that says the opposite. Uh-huh. I, I, I know it. I know it. Uh, Trey Buckholes, welcome aboard, says, but who out there is a Super Bowl caliber head coach then? Only one gets it a year. If you look at who wins Super Bowls, it's coaches that are consistent, and Zimmer is just that. He can't block, catch, or run. He can only coach. Okay, well said, well said. Uh, but Jesse Ball says, yeah, he's a mediocre coach. We won't get to a Super Bowl with him as head coach. Sorry, I like him too, but he lives in 9-7 and seven land and will probably never take the next step. Cousins is the same way, a $33 million Trent Dilfer. <laughs> oh, I, I'm on your side with the Cousins thing. The Zimmer side, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I mean, Zimmer side... I think there's more there, but I don't know how much more. So I'm I'm leaning Jesse here, but Trey Buckles makes a good point. Yes, I'm not going to just shove Buckles, uh, Trey Buckles away. He says, yep, loyal listeners, Trey Buckles, loyal listener Jesse, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. And I don't sense any animosity between these two guys. They're just having a conversation. Uh, Trey Buckles says, 31 coaches won't get one every year. I know. I, I know it's a uh, great conversation there between the two of you there. Uh, and again, I didn't see sense any animosity, just having a conversation. It, winning the Super Bowl is freaking hard. And, you know, it seems like there's always a dynasty or a semi-dynasty. Like, the Pittsburgh was a semi-dynasty. You know, they only they got two Super Bowls. They got the three. Uh, they were always kind of hanging around in the, uh, you know, well, what's his name? Only got one. They, uh, <laughs> Bill Cower. But then uh, Mike Tomlin, they were always kind of hanging around AFC title games, divisional round, uh, three Super Bowl appearances. Great job by him. Two Super Bowl appearances, pardon me. Uh, three Super Bowl appearances by Big Ben, but two uh, appearances by Mike Tomlin. One win, one loss over the years. And again, the benefactor forever until this year when it was just a big mess um, and uh, something very violent happened to uh, the quarterback this year almost, uh, thanks to... Uh, courtesy of Miles Garrett. So Sebastian Barton has got a lot to say, folks. A lot to say. Well, it's not the longest thing ever, but it's long enough. It's a, it's a lot. Um, he says, here we go. Rick Spielman passed on Drew Brees in Miami early in his career. Yep, he was the Dolphins' GM down there. He says, uh, 
The Vikings made him a full GM about a decade ago. McNabb was a disaster. Ponder was a joke. In uh, 2014, we brought in Zimmer. He has had a lot of adversity for Peterson beating his kid and the Sperano deaths, but we have to be nearing the end of Zimmer and Spielman. It may not be this offseason, but here is why we should tank, or at least hope we bottom out. Zimmer is good every other year, and here comes the off year. Yeah, that has been a pattern. There is a pattern to everything. We need a winner at quarterback, and here is my choice. Trevor Lawrence, he is a long-haired winner. Last year, he won it all and has a chance to Monday night as well. Zimmer and Spielman have neglected so many key positions to become winners. Third receiver, offensive linebacker, or excuse me, outside linebacker, offensive linebacker. I apologize, guys. That was just came out wrong there. I was thinking O-line. Offensive linebacker after Greenway. Ah, oh, God, outside linebacker after Greenway. Outside linebacker. Strong safety, backup quarterback. Yeah, we never take them. We never take these guys, ever. We never take them, ever. Uh, strong safety, backup quarterback, especially when we had to trade for Bradford. If we got a real backup, that trade would have never been made. Yeah, it was really expensive. Uh, Hill had zero reason to be our uh, number two quarterback. That was Sean Hill in 2016. And again, in 2019, Mannion was ass. Yeah, he was pretty weak. It is time to bottom out, Skull Nation. And uh, hashtag Fire Zimmer 2020 season. Hashtag Fire Zimmer uh, Spielman. 2020 season and all these images with Bridgewater with a strip stack against Arizona. Ah, uh, what was the next one? 49ers, that awful Halloween night. Those black uniforms were San Francisco. Love the helmets of the rest of the uniforms, not so much. God, they killed us. Uh, who's on the ground there? Looks like Bradford, I think. Yeah, that's Bradford. Number eight, and there's the other number eight. Yep, Cousins and uh, Adam Thielen getting into it majorly on the sidelines in the final game of the season last year against the Bears. Stefan Diggs of the Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, Kyle Rudolph with the uh, New Orleans uh, semi-push-off, but he was pushed, he was held as well. It was a combination. That's why the play was never called. That's why the uh, penalty was never called, because it was both. Um, and then the Vikings, Kirk Cousins getting mauled by uh, San Francisco defensive line linebackers. Uh, that looks like Nick Bosa, actually. And then Zimmer and Spielman kind of looking at each other with kind of a hmm look on their face. Yup, yup, yup. Whoa. This generated a lot of conversation, Sebastian. Holy crap. This generated a lot of conversation. A lot. Lots of replies and such. Shelby Lund says, I would see the Vikings make a trade to see the Chargers. Excuse me. I would like to see the Vikings make a trade to the Chargers and acquire Easton Stick to be a quarterback of the future. Easton Stick? Huh. Huh. Uh, Trey Buckle says, who? Oh, I see now. You're from North Dakota, and he played at NDSU. Okay, yep, yep. Too bad he he's a practice squad in Camp Arm. Shelby Lund says, should be able to get him cheap. No cap room after they wasted it all on Captain Kirk. Yep. But a quarterback, uh, Trey responds with, a quarterback of the future means... He's the future of the franchise. Stick will never be that. And I'm kind of like thinking the same there. I mean, yeah, nobody's, I don't know. He, he, he sounds like, uh, what, what was that guy's name? I don't even remember. A guy we had the last couple of years. I'm just blanking on him right now. Oh, God, what was that? I don't even care anymore. <laughs> the guy. Or even like, you know, Todd Bowman years ago. Big deal. You know, like Todd Bowman. Ooh, you know, he had a couple moments. That's about it. 
Elutra is the one that really got things going there. Elutra. Brett McCarthy says lost her OC. Who do we so who, who do we get? Want Shermer back? And I think some people are not too happy there. Uh, Brett McCarthy says he was a great OC, not a head coach. Yeah, he 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 might be a really good choice. Brett McCarthy says, I know, I'd take him as an OC, and I, I, I would too. Elutra says, who the bleep, basically, with, I'm going to cover up the F-bomb, is Sebastian Martin, and what does he smoke? Okay, let's see. Sebastian responds with, I smoke cigars, and I live in reality. Reality is Zimmer and Spielman have shown not to be able to get us over the hump. Trey Buckles responds with, don't forget we play in an incredibly tough division. Uh, Sebastian says, didn't know excuses win championships. And then Elutra says, does the O okay with the Homer Simpson backing into the bush meme that's been out there for a while now. It's an interesting one. <laughs> Trey Buckle says, didn't know you had such a great football mind. Surely you'll be a GM someday. <laughs> Elutra says, armchair GM, lots of fun at parties. So, oh, yeah, Brent Jacobson jumps in, says, I personally would not give Spielman and Zimmer long-term exceptions. Neither would I. Make them sweat next season and prove they're worth keeping. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to come back, short term. Short term, you know, see if they're worth keeping. It's at a point, like, it can't be forever. It just can't be. Uh, look at Bill O'Brien in Houston. He's got them to the playoffs. And, heck, they were up 24 to zip, then proceeded to get their knees, to get on their knees and, and Lewinsky the game. He's He very well could be fired as a result. Yeah, I, I think so. Sebastian was saying he should be fired. Yeah, I don't think he's that good of a coach. Bill O'Brien. I'm glad the Vikings didn't hire him, actually. Uh, him and Zimmer. I remember how both of them were the were, were candidates, and then Houston hired uh, O'Brien. Uh, Brent Jake said, who? Zimmer O'Brien? And Sebastian says he should be fired. Huh. So I guess he means both. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he just responded twice. He should be fired. That means both. Gerald String says, who the bleep is Elu Moron? Don't bleep with Sebastian. I would love to sh shove my boot right up your ass if you want to be a dumbass and get the bleep out. Ooh, my goodness. This got kind of intense. This got kind of intense. Ah, uh, Gerald's response was, Alu, moron, what size of ladies' panties do you wear? And then, uh, whoa. <laughs> That's an interesting, uh, wow. I've never seen Gerald get this mad. Never. Wow, 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 wow. I've never seen Gerald get that bad, but I mean, I, I feel you, because I know you love Sebastian. Elutra, Marioni, uh, actually, no, Brent responds with, I'm not going to attack you like Gerald is, but I will defend Sebastian since he's since he's on Purple Mafia and is entitled to his own opinion, whether you like it, whether you like what he says or not. And yeah, I mean, I feel you there. Gerald String responds with, yeah, sorry, kind of went off the deep end there. Don't like it when outsiders attack our homeboys. I have a tendency to stick up for my kind. I don't bleep with people unless they ask for it. He is absolutely entitled to, to his own opinion, but first off, pull your head out of your ass and do it more tactically next time. Unless you're ready, uh, you're already maxing out your IQ. Trey Buckle says he forgot to, he forgot that a backup quarterback brought us to the NFC Championship game. That was a stretch. And, yeah, it was. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, it's a, it was a stretch. Sebastian says, and we fell flat on our second playoff game. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, we got killed by the Eagles. Yes, yes, we did. Trey Buckle says there are 31 teams a year that don't win the big one. Odds are always against us and every other team. 
Brent Jake says, what do you think of uh, Tua? And I do believe that's the end of the conversation on the Facebook page. What a busy, 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 busy day. Two-hour show, lots of stuff to talk about. <sighs> Stars are going to go all over the place. Gold star for this show? My God. I, I don't know. I don't even know. You know what? There are going to be three gold stars for this show. That's how good this, that's how busy this was. That's how good this was. You know what? <laughs> the conversation was unbelievable. Mad Martin, Brent Jacobson, Sebastian Martin, you are bringing in gold stars. All of you, all three of you are bringing in gold stars for this show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great call-ins and massive back and forth conversations. Uh, Trey Buckholz has got to bring in a silver. Leland's got to bring in a silver. Uh, Gerald's going to bring in a silver. What an amazing day. What an amazing conversation. Dave Hickey's going to bring in a silver-plated bronze. Awesome, awesome job today. Elutra for at least getting things going. I guess you're going to get a bronze just for that. Maybe kind of harsh going off a little bit, but uh, interesting back and forth there. Uh, Brent McCarthy's always going to at least, you know, he's he's always a big part of things. He's going to get a bronze. Um... What an amazing conversation that just kept going. Trey Buckholz, yeah, he got a silver. Thank you for, uh, you know, lots of conversation there, keeping things going. Uh, awesome. Awesome conversations, guys. Uh, sad to see things got a little bit crazy there, but... Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry to see things got a little bit crazy. But uh, you guys are all bringing in stars, though. Gerald, yeah, Gerald's bringing in a silver. Elutra's uh, at least getting a bronze. Uh at least getting a bronze in this one. Um, amazing. Uh, amazing. Amazing conversation. Thanks, guys, for that. Well, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show for the Twitter account. And to get in the uh, audio submission route like these guys did, simply use your smart device, click on the button, and click on the button, the record button on any free voice recording application on the planet. Just click record. Talk, save it, and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Can't appreciate you enough for doing that in advance. You can jump on board and be on the show with me. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to Zumzar or Converto.com. Oh, please rate a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever we call it. If you could, it would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Or if any of the other uh, applications allow you to do that, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anything like that, if they allow you to write a positive review, please do if you could. We greatly appreciate it. Five stars. Tell us what you like about the show, maybe even what you like improved. Would be greatly appreciated. With that said, I kind of said all my points about where we are as a franchise, and we're going to just keep things going. Hopefully, uh, well, well, we'll see if I'm right about San Francisco and Tennessee. I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. With that said, I think I've said enough. I think we've all said enough for now. It's only going to be a week until the next show. Probably won't be nearly as long as this one. Keep listening, though. Stay tuned to the show. We'll keep up with Vikings news because we got at least an offensive coordinator to hire. So that's a pretty significant position going forward. And, oh, it's going to be a juicy, 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 juicy offseason. So get ready for that. With that said, take care and talk to you in just a week. <laughs>